Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. I was yelling. You're peeking? Yeah, I think so. All right. How do I do this again? I forgot. I'm awful weekend. I forget how to podcast. What the hell? Welcome. <laughs> All right. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. What's up? Uh, Fred can't make it today. He's uh, His modem broke or something. His modem. Yeah. He's waiting for new ones. Supposed to come today, but I guess uh, the the brown truck has failed him. He's waiting on that 14.4 board modem. Oh, yeah. I thought he was getting nice. 256Ks, so running like an ISDN line, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Synchronous or asynchronous? I don't uh, know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't Something know. tells me that Fred is always asynchronous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, boy. I don't even know how many people actually get that joke. but uh. <laughs> All right, so this is episode number 120, Spring Cleanup and Maintenance. Nice. All right, so, Kevin, how's your week been? Uh, my week was pretty good, man. I did some flying on Sunday and I flew the, uh, it was a little windy out by us here. And you, you say it's spring, but, and spring cleaning, cleanup and maintenance, but I don't know where spring is. Spring's still hiding. I know. We got snow this morning. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah. I still have a tiny bit left that I keep watching in my yard of snow. <laughs> but yeah, so, so we flew on Sunday, man. And, uh, mm. it was, it was cool, man. Uh, it was cold though. It was actually cold. It was my Jeep said forty five degrees, but I swear the, no the wind way. that was the yeah. wind that was coming in had to be below thirty two because it was freaking cold, man. It was cold, yeah, yeah. Like freezing your eyeballs cold, and you started crying and all that. But I I flew the my um my oxy two two eighty five and I flew my logo six ninety and I had my Mikey's RC biplane all ready to go, mm-hmm. and the wind picked it up. Like about 15 minutes before I was going to fly it and I, it flipped it over and I guess it broke a servo and I thought it was going to be okay, but it was busted and I was like, ah, forget it. I'll just replace it and, you know, I'll try it again next time. Yep. But I, I had it, I had it there at the field. Yeah. I, I was ready to do Facebook live it and text Fred and everything. I think you even did text Fred, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But I'll tell you, man, I'm getting, I don't know whether I'm doing the same maneuvers. I, I am doing the same maneuvers with the helicopter, but. I'm definitely getting a lot more comfortable with the 690, a lot more comfortable with just flying in general. And I have to step it up a little bit because like, I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's like my, it, I'm not my, my heart level is not my heart rate level is not elevated anymore. Like it doesn't raise mm-hmm. When, mm-hmm. when I'm doing certain maneuvers. There's a few that I still do that, that, uh, that get it going, but, um, yeah, like nose in, half pure flips. Yeah. That one, yeah, that I do, <laughs> that yeah. That gets me all like, <gasps> every, <laughs> every time. time you, yep. And, uh, but, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm liking the fact that I'm very comfortable with the pure flips and starting to do them like lower and lower and just having a lot of fun, man. Mm-hmm. So how was your week, dude? I forget my week. You had, the, you mm-hmm. had the awesome week, dude. All right. So I guess we'll go last two weeks. To two be. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So. What is it? Last, the week before, it was just all house get ready for Hunter's birthday party. 
rebuild this wall. You know, there was a, a wall that was only 27 inches high that basically is like a, a half wall coming up to my coming up from my foyer area, my steps. Right. And I had to replace it because we we're going to have other babies here, um, kids running around. And the, the baby gate I had was like falling apart. And the new one I bought wouldn't fit because uh, it's, it needed a 32-inch height was a minimum. And most half walls of that size uh, should have been 36 inches because that's what code is in New Jersey. Yeah. But mine was 27. So I basically demoed that wall and rebuilt it, painted, redid the molding in about three and a half days. Wow, man. It was a pain in the ass. But you know what? I got it done, and I wish I had a little more time because I would have uh, added just a little bit more uh, spackle or mud, whatever, to kind of even it out better. But you know what? The time that I had and, you know, my first time kind of building a – I mean, I built, I guess, sort of a wall, but like building a half partition like this and the mud and everything, uh, was my first time doing this. So I'm actually, you know, quite happy with the results. So Yeah, it came out good, man. Um, dad and we, me and my friend and I, uh, he helped me install this crazy foyer light. It went from like a regular, like, you know, one of those like hanging lights with the chain that like holds four, like those vanity tall light bulbs to being this cool LED little floating disc stuff. Um, so that was even a bigger pain in the ass to install, but we got that done. Uh, besides that, Hunter's birthday was Saturday. Uh, yep. You came by with your wife and a whole bunch of... A whole bunch of friends and family came by. Yeah. Um, and I, I just want to correct you. It wasn't me who put the stethoscope in front of Hunter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just want to clear it. I have it a video record because I was recording. So I was on the other side of the table. Um, I'm not going to say who it was. My wife. But, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, so it is what it is. But, yeah, <laughs> he's either going to be a K-pop star or a doctor. And you know what? I'm good with either one. Whatever he wants to do. Nice. Yeah, well, I, I guess you heard the podcast from last week. I talked about it a little bit. Yep, yep. I, I did. Uh, I did listen to it today. Uh, I did a bunch of driving today. And, you know, during that time, I was like, all right, let me let me go listen to that. And and the, um, I, I just saw in the back episodes of our podcast, you know. So, yeah, yeah. You guys did a, an awesome show last week without me. Um, I should take some more time off. <laughs> no no you shouldn't <laughs> i i just like how you're like well you know this is gonna be a short episode because steve's not here and not saying that steve talks a lot <laughs> but that's a third of the conversation right which is true right exactly <laughs> no i i do talk a lot because i i know every episode <laughs> when i'm listening to how's everyone's week been my week part is super long so <laughs> so i know i add a lot to the to the time <laughs> the two and a half hours this podcast is sometimes so and plus i can only take so much of fred so i had <laughs> yeah. to get that you're like, so you're ready for the wrap up we're like fred's not even done talking no. <laughs> <laughs> no, so. so yeah um let's see so yeah flew uh so yeah flew to paris right after hunter's birthday it was like the next morning we got up at five six o'clock um barely had the house even clean from the party like i just threw away some of the food stuff but like the dishes and everything they were just all left in the kitchen but yeah we flew to paris um we actually flew to north carolina and uh yeah to charlotte for uh, american airlines i guess hub is there and then flew to paris from there 
Uh, I gotta say, Hunter, I don't know. Like, I know he's my son and all, but that, that kid was a champ during these fights. He did not, like, he cried when he was hungry, but he didn't cry for any other reason. You know? Nice. Then, like, I, you know, feed me or change my diaper, which is the normal stuff we get. He didn't care about that we were on a plane, about the noise, about the air pressure, right. um, about the lack of movement. Like, he was basically stuck on, like, either Maria's lap or my lap, um, the whole flight out there. And it was two hours to Charlotte and then uh, eight and a half to Paris. Oh, so, my God, man. So, it was a long flight. And then even... On the way back, which was nine and a half back because of the jet stream. And then we were delayed in Charlotte. We were basically, excuse was Newark has terrible handling of weather. So because of that, they're delaying all the flights. So we sat on the tarmac for like an hour and a half before we even took off. So we were stuck in a plane for an hour and a half with the engines off and all that stuff. But yeah, and then then the two hour flight, then you know getting luggage, and and even other people were like, "Oh my god, your your baby was like was awesome on this flight." We were like, we got on a plane, seeing the baby, we were like, "Oh crap," you know, one of those <laughs> flights, and then turned out like he was fine, like he didn't cry, he didn't, you know, it yeah. was great. Like like I said, the only time he cr- cried a little was when he was hungry. We fed him; he was good. Like he was watching TV, having fun. Um, on the way back, though, we did actually get um, a chair. Like it worked out that like the seat next to me was empty, so Chloe sat next to me, and then Maria had uh, an empty seat for Hunter. So, so it was it was cute. He was just sitting there with his lap belt on and a bunch of pillows and blankets around him, watching you know a show with no audio because he 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 can't do headphones yet. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, like he can't put the earbuds in; it doesn't fit. So it's just like. Yeah, he's just watching like <laughs> enjoy the show visually only. That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. So I was really proud of him, I guess. Uh and then, you know, Paris was Paris. Paris was awesome. It was just a whirlwind of things like kind of like a nonstop cutscene. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like you like you wake you know, we woke up, we got there, we checked in, and it was like boom. Hit the Arc de Triomphe, you know, boom, go to this place, boom, hit the metro, go around, walk around. We we were averaging about, I think, Maria, because I didn't have my watch with me, but she did, and she was averaging about 23,000 steps a day. Wow. I, I think it equaled out to be like seven miles or eight miles a day or something like that. We've been walking around, yeah. or maybe even more. Um, so, yeah, we did uh, the Arc. We were kind of tired after that, had some dinner. We did uh, what a, we did like a bus tour. We did the Eiffel Tower. I went all the way to the top, which, you know, I've gone to like top of tall buildings before, and it's not really that big of a deal. But it's weird because you're you're in the tower. You get up this one section, the legs, right? One of the legs, you go up in an elevator and get to this level two or level one area. Then you go on another elevator and that goes straight to the top, to the summit. Right. And, you know, you get an elevator, it's cramped because they pack as many people as possible, uh, you know, and you start going up and it's all like exposed. Like you're in a glass box, but it's, you know, exposed as far as you can see out. And it's just like, it's going, it's going, it's going, it's going. It's like, I know it's not this tall. What the hell? Where are we going? <laughs> Keeps on going, going. And then you get to the top and 
Um, yeah, you you are pretty high up there. There's nothing in comparison height wise in Paris. Like you go you go to the top of New York City, you go to the top of Empire State Building or One World Trade Center, you see other tall buildings. Yeah. You go to the top of the Eiffel Tower and you don't see anything but like ants, like just tiny buildings, all ground level, and you're just soaring like way above everyone else. It's wow. yeah, it's pretty uh impressive as far as this you know, the scenery and stuff. So so now, did you bring your spark with you? Did you fly it off the top of the Eiffel no, Tower? No, no, I didn't bring my drone. I didn't want to be one that guy, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I thought about bringing it just for the other type of events, you know, but no, I didn't. I didn't want to risk it, you know, being in Paris, and I don't want to be locked up abroad or anything. International like that. incident. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I'd be getting on the podcast going. Need to start a GoFundMe because Steve's uh, in jail. <laughs> yeah. In France. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, I didn't. Um, and then what, what did you do? We went to the Louvre. We did. We like, need 45,000 francs. <laughs> no, they use euros, which is oh, another thing that was like, every transaction, there's a transaction fee and the currency exchange sucked for us. But, well, I guess that's good because wasn't the French money like the size of a like 11 by seven, like, piece of paper back in the day? Was it like enormous? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Legal size. You know what? So is the euro. The euro it doesn't fit in a traditional U.S. wallet. Oh, really? A 100 euro sticks out about half a centimeter to a centimeter on the top of your wallet. So they, it gets all ruined because, you know, you're constantly putting yeah. it in out of your pocket. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's – I don't know. I just didn't like – it sucked with the currency exchange. It is what it is. But um, I think the trip cost me more than, like, what my 766 cost me. Like, you know. Jeez. Oh, um, granted, it's for the whole family, you know, so. yeah. and that's for food and going out. And we ate like we ate with no regard to my diet <laughs> or anything. <laughs> We're like, Maria, you want to get that ba- baguette and eat it? She's like, sure. So we ate like <laughs> I ate like half a baguette. Like this baguette was like two and a half feet tall. <laughs> you know, we ate that much bread in one sitting. Like it was just insane oh, having having the macaroons and all just all the different uh, French pastries and stuff. It was, it was cool. Nice. It was definitely awesome. A uh, lot of steaks, a lot of duck. They're big on duck out there. So, yeah. so, so some good stuff. I didn't do the escargot, the frog legs, just, you know, I don't need to experience yeah. that. <laughs> like, um, what, what we did do is, you know, a lot of people might like, Ooh, shun us or, you know, about it is that I like going to fast food places in other countries because I like to see what they have compared to what we have here. So McDonald's, they have way better selection. They don't just have French fries, but they also have like these potato wedges. Do they just call them fries over there? They They do. They just call it fritz. Fritz. They just call it fries or fritz. Yeah. They don't call it French. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Their French fries sauce is mayo. Um, and, so you get mayo, you can get ketchup, and they also have ranch. Ranch is a big thing over there too. They have different burgers. They have different breads for burgers. They're Duck mi- burgers? No, no, they don't have <laughs> the, the bread is normal. But Burger King does have a bacon burger, like a bacon bread. Sorry, a bun, where they have bacon pieces like cooked on top of the bread, so you get even the bread has a bacon taste to it. Jeez. Oh, and you can buy uh, um. For most parts, like most of those um, fast food chains are, you know, you can buy beer. That's not a big deal. Or wine. That's funny. Um, 
Big Mac and a bottle of wine. You know what's the best part? Not knowing how to speak French, you can order. They all have kiosks to order. And you can, and they're in like 30 different languages. So you pick UK flag, English, right? And, and you order what you need to order. You pay for right there. And then you just go pick up by a number. Sounds like the New Jersey Department of Motor Vehicles. (laughs) Yes. 30 different languages. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And rent tests, which is ridiculous (laughs) in my opinion, but um, that's another story. That's pretty cool though, man. Yeah. It made it real easy for us to order. Because my wife asked, like, how did they get around not knowing French, you know, French or anything like that? Yeah, the metro system, the subway system is very easy. It's just as easy as, you know, I would say New York City subways, or maybe even easier. They they have more signs, easier ways of telling which direction something's going and stuff. So, yeah, so that was was cool. Uh, Yeah, and that's kind of about it. I wish we had... uh, probably one or two more days out there. So five days is, is a bit short, I would say. It is what it is. We'll try to make it out there again in probably a couple of years. She wants to do Spain next, so I got to start saving up for that. Nice. Uh, let's see. But hobby-related, came back that Friday, jet-lagged as shit, flew on Sunday, woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. I thought I was going to wake up at like, I don't know. Maybe I had in my head I was like reverse jet lag. I was going to wake up at 11, 12 o'clock and be like, oh, shit, go to the field. No, I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I ate breakfast, got ready, got Hunter ready and everything. Like, you know, did the whole daddy daycare or whatever. And I got to the field at 9 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, man. You sent some pictures. I'm like, are you there already? Yeah, I was the only one there. Uh, I thought Tony would be there. I thought a couple of the, you know, the, the old timers would be there, but no, no, I was the only one there. So what do I do? I take a bunch of pictures and then I start busting out Oxy four flights. <laughs> nice. <laughs> to the point where I was, I had all my batteries, six Oxy four flights in and two of the three Black Thunder flights in before anyone even showed up. Wow, man. Um, and then, you know, so I flew to Black Thunder one more time. Uh, I did get a chance to charge two of the packs for the Oxy-4 on your charger, so I flew that. And then I flew, I don't know, maybe about five or four to five flights on the Black Nitro. And, you know, Rob was helping me uh, get that get that motor tuned. We went about half click on the high, so we're around one and a quarter, one and a th- half, I think, on the high needle, and then about three quarters on the mid. On that 105, and that thing just opened right up. Nice, dude. Good, good smoke, good sound, no hesitations or anything to the point where I'm just going to leave it at this. Like, I think it's tuned. I think it's ready to go. So I, I flew the crap out of that, and I'm really enjoying the Black Nitro Sport. I think it's a really good heli. Uh, it doesn't, it, you know, it definitely has a lot of drag on the, 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 the drivetrain compared to, say, the N7, you know, which is torque tube. Uh, but... In flight, I can't tell. It just it just it looks like a goblin, flies like a goblin, you know, sounds like a nitro, it's great. Nice. The black thunder, I gotta say, so I finished the upgrades, right? Or the maintenance. Right. So I'll I'll kinda go over the maintenance parts of what I did um during the spring clean run maintenance, the main topic portion, but I did some maintenance on it and I upgraded. I went from a hobby wing one sixty amp V four Platinum Pro, whatever, to a Scorpion Tribunus 130 amp. That 
automatically reduce the weight, the size of the ESC was like half the size, a quarter the size, it looks like. Uh, got rid of the UI sensor, so that saves some right. uh, more weight. Yeah. I installed the Black Thunder T line, the you know, the latest uh I guess premiere or flagship Black Thunder seven hundred that Goblin has, uh, SAB has, and their battery tray system. So I have a now I now have like a slide in battery tray system for the Goblin for my Black Thunder. And also took the OptiGuard Ultra Guard backup off and put the um R2 buffer pack that I got from Aero Panda. Yeah. And um so with all those modifications, it's still running the same battery, still running the same, you know, besides the ESC, everything else the same. Um, the helicopter weighed 1.1 ounce less. Wow, man. So one pound, one ounce less. So, or 1.1 pounds less, I should say. Yeah, not one ounce. Um, 1.1 pound less. So that used to be a 12 and a half pound heli. Now it's 11.4 pound heli. And I got to say, it flies different. <laughs> that one pound made a big difference. It's definitely floatier. It definitely hangs more with the 713 switches on there i have to say my flight times have also increased with the weight loss so you normally i pull in about a five to five and a half minute flight depending on what bank i fly in and easily coming down at like 25 percent on the battery or not not even draining to 20 percent remaining i'm six minutes so easy, that pound has given me half a half a minute more of flight time just from the weight difference. So that means my the power system or uh, you know the whole electronic system is more efficient now. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so so that's pretty cool. I used to hear the guys on RCHN talk about you know grams and getting stuff down and down and like I was always like at the time I was like so what's the big deal you know you got a couple of grams lighter but. Yeah, on the helicopters, you can easily see how that is a big deal. I mean, I don't even think it's just a helicopter. Anything from your quads to your planes, like anything flight where you're defying gravity, that gravity, nah. any time you can reduce the weight would, would help. Planes, I'll fly a freaking brick. I don't care. I mean, I don't you care. don't fly. I'm yeah, just you saying, know what I mean? Like, I, don't, I don't care. Like, I've, yeah, yeah. I've you're flown not stuff where... Yeah, but think about your Twisted Hobby Crack Beaver, right? You take that yeah. and add a 2200 3S back to it. How is it going to fly? Yeah, it's going to fly like crap. Yeah. Yeah. But you put like your 3S, oh no, sorry, your 2S battery, which is lighter than the 3S, and it flies even better, right? But I'm just saying like with some of the flight test stuff, you know how they're like, you know, 1300 is like the tops on the batteries, and I just throw a 2200 in there, and I'm I'm putting tape over everything and just adding to yeah. the weight even more on either side. They, this stuff flies good no matter what. Yeah. No, true. But yeah, uh, let's see. And one last thing is I flew at the park today. Uh, I flew the Oxy 4. You I flew had, again today? I thought you flew yesterday too. No, I didn't get a chance to fly yesterday. I, oh. I should have. Yesterday was a nicer day, but um, I ended up just doing some work in the garage to get that garage door installed. So. Uh, garage door opener installed so i didn't get a chance to fly but today i was like okay i you know i got some errands done in the morning and then i was ready to go fly so this afternoon i went to the park that local park that i, I go to all the time and i brought six packs of you know for the oxy four 
I fly one pack, you know, uh, James Cadiz, <laughs> you know, messages me or texts me and, you know, we're talking a little bit about his Oxy4. And, you know, I'm like, he's like, yeah, I fly 2,800 at, you know, 13 degrees pitch or whatever. Um, I'm like, let me try that. So I didn't try the 13 degrees pitch, but I just tried 2,800. And, and James, when you listen to this, it's not your fault. I went back up to my normal 3,300 head speed and, you know, I had inspirations of being Kyle Stacey, not afraid of the the low flying. <laughs> and, and, you know, I was kind of like, I did a front flip into a, a tail down TikTok right on the deck, like literally uh, scraping the blades, uh, the tail blades. And then I did scrape the tail blades. <laughs> and, oh, so I, the tail hit, um, I popped it up. But when the tail hit, the, the helicopter kind of slammed down because I was on the forward motion of my TikTok. So I broke a skid and I popped it up and I was in the air of one skid. And I'm just like, okay. And I altered it down and it fell over. And, and, you know, when it tipped it over, the blade still had some inertia. So I broke the main blades. I stripped the main gear just a little, like a couple teeth. It still spools up fine. <laughs> but the landing gear, um, you know, that took a, the grunt of the hit. And some the middle base plate of the landing gear on the Oxy4. It's not the two actual legs, the ones that, that the legs that sit on each side that kind of press fit in. It's right. the middle part that it all holds, that holds it all together. That uh, that I cracked one whole side off of it, like all the you know mounting pulse, I guess. Oh, um, boy. Not a big deal, you know. I already put the parts order in. I already put the blade order in with Switch, so so I should uh, hopefully get that before this weekend and be up and flying. You know, by Saturday. Nice. Well, speaking of Oxy4, dude, I forgot to mention something. I ordered, I got tired of waiting for Lynx to get in the motor that I wanted. So I ordered a Scorpion motor for the Oxy4 this past week. Nice. And, and a Hobbywing ESC. Awesome. Going go. And yeah. And just earlier today, I actually started putting it together. I know people are probably like, what the hell? You've had it how long? And you just started putting it together, but I didn't really want to start working on it till I had everything, you know, for it. Yeah. So I'll get that soon, hopefully, and I'll get that thing together. Yeah, yeah. And the great part about that build is you can pretty much build a whole helicopter without the motor in ESC. Um, yeah. The way that the your front battery mount and the motor mount goes in, it's not keyed or anything like in a line. You can just kind of slide it in. Once you have those parts, you know, so like when I built my Oxy4, I actually built the airframe with the cyclics and all the servos and the Neo before I had the ESC and the motor Um, that came like the next day. And, then, you know, I, I started putting those into the video. So, so yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Can't cool. wait for you to uh, get that going and, uh, you know, get your impressions on it. it was, I think you hovered mine, right? I don't yeah, I think it, I flew yours around a little bit. Yeah, a little. So it'd be interesting to see what you think once you get like used to that size. And did you uh, did you buy the stretch? Is is your stretch or is yeah. it the standard three twenty five? No, it's stretched. Sweet. All right, should we go into the main topic here? Sure. All right, spring cleanup and maintenance. So, spring cleanup. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we have three <laughs> words written here. I wrote sell some stuff. <laughs> so, okay. So first of all, spring cleanup, right? Let's kind of take that portion of the topic. Uh, so what do you do for spring cleanup? Oh my God, dude. What don't I try to do? 
It's, I would like to probably do more than I can actually do or have time to do. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I mean, I have my garage to clean up. Every time I go down there, I'm like, I have to start cleaning up because what I need to do is focus on a few things and stop with, and it's, it's life in general. You know, you, everybody does this where you start one project and then something else comes up. You start another project and you start. Mm-hmm. So I have like, I have two 3D printed planes I have to get together. I have the 500 uh, helicopter that I want to get a scale fuselage in. And I have the mm-hmm. Oxy 4 that I'm working on. <laughs> I yep. have the, the, I have my goblin. I mean, this is part of, you know, spring cleanup or, or selling stuff. I have my goblin 380 and my goblin 570 that I'm, I'm think I'm going to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it's all that stuff combined to a, you know, a small little four by three workbench. So, yeah. um, so I, I don't know that that's one thing I, 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 I'm constantly doing when I go downstairs is I'm constantly cleaning up first and, and putting stuff away and trying to find places for everything. Mm-hmm. And then I have my shed and this was part of the whole spring cleanup part too, is like, I have planes out there that I have to get rid of because I, I just don't fly them anymore. I mean, have you even? I mean, there's. I bet you, you had planes in there that you haven't even flown. Yeah, right. Well, that's because I haven't uh, got the either nitro motor for it or the electric motor for it. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking, like, uh, I could thin out some of the FT planes that I have, and you know, definitely some of the. Just I got. I got to get rid of some stuff, man. I just got to do like like basically your basics bring cleaning man just open up the doors to the shed and get stuff out and don't put half of it back in yeah figure out what you're gonna do with it right um i would actually suggest maybe either at our fun fly or maybe at one of the club meetings where they're gonna do like a little swap meet and just bring your ft planes that you don't want and just give them away don't you know don't even expect money just like yeah. Who wants this whatever Mustang or whatever you have, you know? Yeah. Um, keep keep the you know a couple of core planes like, you know, I know you're talking about your um Versa Wing that you still have from your first Versa Wing on yeah. the last episode. Like, yeah, you know, that's something beyond sentimental. It's something that you still like to fly once in a while with all the lights in it and all that stuff. So And that's that's in a spot where I don't have to move it at all. Like that's hanging up you know, right alongside of the stairs. So you really don't, it, it kind of becomes invisible at, at some point. Right. You don't even it's see it's it anymore. just part of the decor. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, like things like that. But like, I'm sure, you know, you have like a balsa storage that you're like, hey, you know, you, you don't have time to fix it or whatever. And you just, man, so just give it away, sell it. Yeah. Or, or even if you sell it for cheap, right? Sell it for like 20 bucks. Take it, you know, as is, go for it. Because I think, it's either that or you you just have to purge. You have to throw them away, and that sucks, right? You don't want to throw something away that someone might um, right. actually benefit, you know, from getting free, right? Like shit, Muse, he he took that biplane, you know, from the club we won't mention, but um, uh, you know, and put it together. He's been flying the crap out of it. Oh, did he fly it? <laughs> yeah, he flew it yesterday uh, on Sunday, and it wasn't even his maiden. It was actually like his second or third flight on that. Oh, how is that flying? Good? It flies great. Yeah. Surprisingly, nice. with that motor and everything, 46 in there, it, it cranks around quick. It's super quick for a biplane. Nice. But, but you know, but that's a perfect example, like, of someone didn't need right. a plane. He took it, and now he's having a ball with it. So, and that you know. plane sat there for, like, a year or At two. least, I would say, yeah. 
yeah, no, that's a good idea. You know, um, just take my receiver out of it, whatever I got, and yeah, put it up. yeah. I was gonna, you know, I was gonna offer it to the hardcore crew first, you know, yeah, uh, or Facebook group that I'm in, and just you know, see if anybody wanted it. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. Um, offer it to them, and then and then the rest just you know find out when the club's having the next swap meet, and yeah, you know, I'm sure someone will appreciate it. You know, even if it's like. Because we have a lot of new club members that fly like the apprentice, right? You know, they join, they, they get an apprentice because that's what our club recommends, instructors recommend. And it's great, but, you know, maybe they want to do like a Warbird, but it's like, ooh, get an FMS, you know, Corsair or Mustang or Spitfire and don't want to drive it in. But, hey, you know, there's a FT Mustang or FT Spitfire that looks exactly the same. Not, well, looks very similar. But, you know, and you can fly it and not have a care in the world if, if you crash it. Oh, well. Yeah. So. And I got the Bixler, too. I mean, geez, that thing, I've already crashed that once or twice. I mean, so if anybody wanted to just either take that for 20 bucks or just take it, you know, mm-hmm. get some enjoyment out of it. I'm probably not going to fly that anymore. Yeah. Just take it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a good idea. I'll have to yeah. keep my ears open for when the next thing at the club is going to be. So, so spring cleanup as far as, you know, selling stuff or giving away, it's definitely a good thing, right? Like you help other people in the hobby, you know, you help someone get a, say a helicopter that, you know, they can't buy new, right? Like, or they don't want to spend that type of money buy new, but you sell them, you know, at a used market, which, you know, it kind of sucks for the seller because helicopter sales on the used market are just ridiculous. Like, yeah, you know, for me to sell my seven six six, I could sell in a heartbeat, but I'm losing fifty percent of what I put into it. You know, which is whatever it is, what it is. Um, at the end of the day, your help, you know, you help perpetuate the hobby for that person to get into a helicopter they normally wouldn't buy or afford, and you know, you get a little bit of pocket change back that you can put, which you know will always for me anything I sell, I reinvest right into the hobby. So. So, you know, I yeah. could buy, you know, batteries or this or, you know, my Oxy 4 repair bills, you know, when I dig it in. When James tells you to crash it. <laughs> James is like, <laughs> dude, I feel so sorry. I should have told you this and that. I was like, dude, it wasn't even yours. Like, I tried your head speed. I was like, nah, I don't like it. I cracked it back up and then I I drove it in myself. Like, and I, I channeled <laughs> Kyle Stacy. Yeah, I, I hit the Kyle Stacy button on my, you know, <laughs> on my V control, and it didn't do what I thought it would do. So, <laughs> so, dude, I used to have a uh, kind of a rules to live by, and one of them was if I haven't used it in like a year, get rid of it, like for stuff on spring cleaning and stuff like that. Okay. What do you think about that as far as like if you haven't flown it, if you didn't fly it at all last year, you might as well get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's um, pretty. You know, unless it's something like I needed a specific motor, it was like really expensive plane or something. You know, something yeah, crazy yeah. like that. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. Run of the mill, like two, three hundred dollars. You know, you paid for it or whatever, and mm-hmm. you know, it's a foamy or something you built, and yeah, it's just something you're not flying anymore because you're doing other things. I mean, yeah. No, I totally agree. I think if you haven't you know, touch the plane or helicopter or something in a year or over a year. Yeah. It's time to hit the chopping block with that thing because 
most likely you're not going to, unless it has sentimental value, right? Like if there's a reason why you're keeping it and you don't want to fly it, that's, that's one thing. But if it's not, you know, nothing sentimental about it, what's, what's holding you to keep it? Like, I don't get it. It's just taking up space. It's already lost all its value that you can think about, you know, getting from it. It's not going to become more expensive as you wait longer you know right, what I mean? right. like you yeah. know it's not gonna up the value as you wait you know years unless maybe like freaking 40 years or something but well i've seen know? enough episodes of hoarders that yeah they, those type of people think everything has sentimental value and you gotta you and gotta no, no, cut some stuff loose yes you know it's like that box of helicopter parts that used to be a T-Rex 500 or whatever is not worth keeping anymore. <laughs> no. You that know? fax machine, you can get rid of. <laughs> yeah, that 14-4 modem, sorry. You don't need that <laughs> Sorry, anymore. Fred, you can get rid of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's it's no point keeping something old, old. I mean, if it doesn't take up space, you know, whatever. Like, I have a bunch of quads. They don't take up any space. I don't even know where right. they are in the garage. This is not. I got, I got, I got a couple you know? hanging on the wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, that's not that big with you. But I mean, if you're talking about uh, a 50 plus inch wingspan plane that's hanging from your ceiling or hanging off the wall, or, yeah. or like my cub just hanging, yeah, hanging from the ceiling, kind of in pieces. It's, it's like, what, what are you waiting for? What do you, you know, what's the point of keeping that thing? So we might as well call this episode the hypocrites. Because I don't know, I'm I've been I've been talking about selling the 570 and 380 for like <laughs> six months now. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, I just keep going back and forth. But I got to get rid of that. No, you, just, you know, because a part of me says, sell it. You don't fly it. Sell it. You don't even need this middle weight anymore. You you're no. you have your 690. You have your 700 size, which you want to get another one now. And then you have your oxys and your smaller size for your your training and crash. You know. You're crashing a lot, just, right? Yeah, just having fun. Yeah, yeah, having fun. You don't need this middleweight that you're not going to fly and that if you, you're like scared to crash because you know how expensive it is to fix, uh, you know, a goblin. And it's just like, eh, you know, it's not worth yeah. it. So get rid of it. But then a part of me is like, no, 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 update it. Update it. Two-bladed head. Two-bladed head. Yeah, yeah, get the new landing skids, you know, like to fly it again because it's a great heli. Yeah, no, I just sell it. You're not flying it. Sell it. So now I brought this up once before. I have the orange zeal canopy and boom, and the canopy's like from when I put it in, the canopy's kind of busted up. Mm-hmm. But a new canopy and boom is like 150 bucks, man. Yeah. The, I don't know if there's a combo, but you know, to put it back to Kyle Stacy edition stock, you know? Yeah. I mean, those are carbon canopies too. So that's, that's quite expensive. That canopy's like 110. I mean, I would just take a loss at, at the profit like i wouldn't like if you were to sell it right now with the canopy and whatever condition it's at just the motor esc and the heli i'd probably just like ask for like 400 bucks or something like that you know 400 shipped yeah you're gonna take a loss but with with blades yeah with blades yep you know you're gonna take a loss probably because you know that helicopter kit brand new was what eight hundred dollars? You know. Yeah, I know you got yours used from Ryber, but normally I think it it'd be like yeah, eight hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah, it's a little over eight hundred. Yeah. yeah, I mean you're not gonna get anywhere close to that for the airframe, you know. No, no. 
And then at the current condition, like you don't know your conditions or your bearings and your dampeners and, and all the, you know, perishable items, I guess, on the helicopter that it's just better to be like, just, you know, I want to just, you know, dust my hands off. Here's give me 400 bucks shipped and, and PayPal and, and just get rid of it, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, same thing with the Goblin. Like I know when I sold my. What, the 380? Yeah, which I converted to a 420. Like I had chips and cracks in a canopy and stuff and i was just like you know give me whatever 350 or 400 bucks i think for it and i gave yeah. like batteries and this was like um everything but the neo and cyclic and psychic servos the tail and all that stuff i think i gave it with that so yeah it's just you have to take a loss if you really want to sell it because it's a buyer's market it's not a seller's market at all you're not gonna get what you think no um, that's cool you know like we we're saying before, man, I'd like to see somebody else get some use out of it. Right, right. It's just sitting here, man. Right. I mean, I, I have the UI sensor on it. I just have to rip that off, or, unless somebody wanted that. And just, I don't yeah. know. I, I got to put it up on on one of the groups, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, the best way to sell a helicopter though is in person and deliver. Like, you can put it up on a group, but if they're like, "Oh, I'll be a spring fling," be like, "Cool, I'll bring it down," you know. Uh, yeah. at an event just because you don't have to worry about shipping um yeah you know recently i have a buyer for my gaui x7 formula and you know i kind of mentioned i want to sell it and i didn't really post anything but you know i have a buyer who's interested and i'm just thinking like oh man you going to spring fling uh you're not sure oh man i guess i could ship it i just i really don't want to I hate packing large helicopters for shipping yeah um you know not only does like neither party makes the you know it's like an 80 anywhere from 50 dollars to 100 dollars a shipping cost so you know as a buyer normally even if you like did like a split thing you would still lose out you know yep so it's like uh i guess <laughs> you know i'm very hesitant that's why i haven't sold the 766 that's why i didn't bother posting it because I know that I'm going to buy I'm, – I'm selling that thing for like 500 bucks. Someone's going to buy it like super quick. But then I have to pack it up and it's like a seven – it's an 800-size heli, 800-size boom, tail booms, 800-size. Like everything is humongous on that thing. I don't want to pack that up. Yeah. I just want to meet someone and say, here you go. I'll take the money or PayPal, whatever, and and be done. You know, I don't want to have to ship that thing. <sighs> Yeah, I'm dreading that. That's why I haven't posted it. I just I can't get myself to to do that. And it's not any attachment to the helicopter. You know, I've been wanting to get rid of the the, the eight hundred six or seven six six for a while now. Just I don't fly it. You know, I sold the packs. I don't even have like the electronics came out of it to go into the Gawi, like the Neo and the Cyclics and stuff. So it's like I have you know this airframe for motor ESC, two sets of blades, all this stuff, and it's just sitting there in my garage taking up room and. Hence this episode, I need to spring clean that thing. I need to get it out of my garage. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, so besides just reducing your fleet uh, spring cleaning wise, it's probably a good time to also organize all your other stuff, right? Like your tools, your your components, like, you know, battery connectors, wires, heat shrink, all that stuff that you might have been using throughout last season and, and, you know, maybe during the winter to do some builds or repairs. You want to kind of get that stuff reorganized, back put into where they're going to supposed to be, whether they're in bins or uh, parts drawers or however you organize your stuff. I know you have a, a whiteboard, right, that you use for your 
kind of like, yeah. you know, things to do in a hobby, you yeah. know, go over that whiteboard, see what's on there. Maybe it's stale as hell and you need to just wipe it clean and start new because, you know, if you got a project on there that you've been thinking about doing for the last year, like, you know, FT vegan fiberglass, um, it might be time to either finish it or get it <laughs> off your plate. <laughs> yeah. No, you make a good point. I mean, I have, uh, some connectors and stuff like that that I know I need to order and I haven't sure. ordered. And it's yep. just like, I have, I, what, what tends to happen with me now is I have models that I know I need different parts for. Like I need a servo for this one and I need to 3D mm-hmm. print some connecting pieces for that one. And I, I'm starting to make a list in that respect now. Yes. Like, like I have the, I have two of the park zone Sukhois. And one I set up for 4S and the other one I trashed at the end of the year last year and I took the motor out of it and I want to set that one up for 4S also. So I have to go through that and see like, what did I order for the the first one? Should I order the same kind of motor or something different? Curious. Why do you want another 4S Sequoia? Because the 3S is good, but it really needs 4S, man. Yeah. So why not just keep one flying and use the other one for parts like leave it its wings fuselage tail pieces all off and because one's really one's like brand new and the other one is banged up like one i will i will scrape the tail on the runway the other one i won't okay okay that makes sense okay that's probably why i don't even know if i'll fly the other one then so i don't know you should make one success go freaking ballistic on that Oh, that would be crazy yeah why not? not a bad idea you know, I'm just saying, like, if you're going to, you know, maybe the one you don't care about, because if it blows up or rips its wings off or anything like that, yeah. or it catches on fire, you know, who cares? Yeah. R- run the success in that and give that a try, because you know the 4S works. So, you know, maybe keep that for, like, your pristine one that, you know, you, you take care of, you know, your quote-unquote baby. Yeah, that's a good idea. Add it to the board. <laughs> Add it to the board. Uh, let's see. So, so that you made, you know, another good point too is like you're saying you needed, you know, um, battery connectors or like servos and other things. Like, make a list on your whiteboard on the projects you do want to complete. You know, say in the first quarter. You know, kind of give yourself some goals and and try to meet those goals. You know, we do that in our our work. If you're, you know, if you do work in project based work, you know, that's kind of what you do. You set your roadmap and you try to meet your, your goals. And why not, you know, use that kind of type of mentality in the hobby? Like, okay, I've been wanting to do, like, I know you've been wanting to do this, this 500 scale bird. Yep. You know, and now more recently, you've, you've ordered the motor and ESC and you're getting the cyclics in, you're getting parts in. It's like, okay, put that on top of the list. Since parts are coming in, or safety for the oxy four, like put that on top of the list and and like stick to it. Be like, all right, buy it. You know, be realistic. I mean, not by tomorrow I'm gonna have this fixed. No, by yeah. the end of the month I need to have this helicopter fixed. I mean, or flying, you know, or set up or built or how, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, and I'm gonna do that with the Vigan. My FT Vigan. I will announce it right now. By actually, when's a good time? I would say by May, first week of May. I will have that airplane finished as far as uh, in flying condition, ready for maiden, you know? All right. You heard it here. Once the weather's nice, I'll bring it out to the field. We'll Facebook Live it, and it'll be horrendous how crappy that thing's going to fly. 
because I, be added, I just added so much weight to it. <laughs> And with very little battery and very little motor. <laughs> now, we'll, well see. so did I. We'll see. We'll I, see how I it added works. a lot of weight to mine. Dude, you added a 4100 6S pack. I don't know how you run that thing. But I do need to find like a, I guess, I was trying with an 1800, but maybe something like a 2200 6S or something in that manner. Or, or maybe yeah. take my two um, quad, not my quad, my uh, two uh, 1250 pulse packs that I use for um my oxy four and when i had the mini comet and run those in um in parallel to give me like a 2500 pack you know or something bigger because the 1800s are like a minute and a half two minutes and they're dead so (laughs) that's not gonna work too well yeah i kind of went with that because of the calculations i was doing you know if i wanted any kind of runtime that was over a minute and you weren't getting (laughs) much right like you're still getting what three minutes with your 41 i think so yeah yeah so i need to at least bump it up to like a 3000 to get i guess a minute and a half two minutes like two laps around polden land uh so yeah ordering servos and things you need to complete your projects so make a list get those going set goals another thing i recommend is uh, on the helicopter side and, and on the plane side i guess buy your additional buy and organize your additional supplies you need right for planes, it might be some spars, maybe some control horns or, you know, music wire or some props, some props and stuff like the things that are consumables, right? Like the things that you know you're going to go through. Um, you For know, me on those. the Twisted Hobbies help planes, uh, it's always the the little O-rings. Yeah. Those those things I always have to replace. Yep. O-rings, which, you know, your rubber bands, you know, that type of stuff. Which Dave Gerdeman turned me on to those, yeah, the surgical tubing or something. He probably knows exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing that he gave me at Neff, man. Yep. Yeah, let me know if you need more. I have a whole bunch for, because West Mich- uh, West Michigan Park Flyers, that's what they use. And okay. I have a, a whole bag full of those. So, um, yeah, like that. For helicopters, what I started doing recently when I, when I got to Galley is I have uh, like one of those like bins that have like a lot of little cubicles like little not cubicles but little compartments and i have m3 m4 m2 screws all different lengths all tagged logged you know like m3 by anything from four millimeter or five millimeter sorry up to 35 millimeter like in different increments i have tons of m3 socket head screws now and I like it because I put them in each compartment by itself with the label, that, you know, with a label maker. And when I'm running low of a certain screw, I can look and be like, oh, M3, you know, eight millimeters. I'm, I'm running low, though. So let's put a little order in for those and, and you know, you can order them. And it's good to, it's good with that. It's good with bearings uh, on helicopters because a lot of helicopters share the same type of bearings or same size bearings. So nice. if you organize your bearings that way and like say, oh, my, you know, I'm getting play in, say, my main shaft, you know, in the, the top bearing block, right? And you're like, oh, well, I have that bearing for a goblin, but it's the same size. Bearings are bearings. Don't matter. It goes into my synergy or goes into my line, whatever, you know? So it's good to have a part spin of that stuff, too. You know, I started doing that when I was building that 3D tank. Yeah, because um, you bought years tons ago. of M3s, right? Yeah, and yeah. I bought all different lengths, and I got a little bend, and yeah, I did exactly. And it worked out that I'm constantly using those yep. with 3D printing and projects. You know, you can yeah. get a tap, and you can thread the plastic out. 
I use them on the 3D printer that I built, yep. you know. Me too, even on mine, like, you know, I uh, installed all those, like, additional, like, mods that I 3D printed, but they needed, like, longer bolts than the ones that came with, so... You know, and they were, I, I hate Phillip heads, uh, or yeah, Phillips head bolts, like the screws, the button head screws. I hate those. And yeah. my whole 3D printer, everything is that. But as I 3D printed parts and I needed a longer screw, I used my M3, my little tool, you know, compartment box that had all the M3s in it. And I started sizing the ones I needed and put them in. And so it, it definitely helped, um, outside of even just the helicopter stuff. So cool. Yeah. Let's see. Um, Another cleanup thing. I mean, I need to do this. So I'm definitely a hypocrite, and I don't know if you need to, but you know, as the springtime comes around, and like maybe you don't have anything to fix anymore, or don't need anything to repair or maintenance on, um, clean up your workbench, organize your tools, clear off all the space, get all that stuff. Like my workbenches are full of crap. I need to clear off all my workbenches so I can like. I don't know. I had to do some work on a Goblin Black Thunder yesterday, and I ended up doing it like on the floor of my garage, like squatting because I'm oh, like, "Fuck!" Geez. I have no freaking room on any of my workbenches, and I have, I don't know, four workbenches in my yeah. garage. I'm just like, "This is ridiculous. This isn't gonna happen anymore. I need to clean up." So you know, well, we talked about this once before, but what what helps me out is the tools that I use all the time. I have those little 3D printed holders. They're right mm-hmm. on the one side of my workbench but yeah sometimes it does get kind of cluttered like i start stacking stuff in the back and that slowly keep you know comes forward yep yep and you just yeah you got to take the time to clean your bench off man because for me it's amazing like how much stuff even you know i think the best and worst things and i, I know fred would have a lot to say about this uh but the best and the worst things for me is the little bins like they're great while i'm working on stuff mm-hmm. but then it's like I have like eight little bins all with, with parts in them now. And it's like, I should just dump them into one giant bin. And, but then you never go through that. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, it's just, you know, I, I, I know that the Adam Savage has a, a rule about shelves and stuff like that where he doesn't let or drawers, I think. So he doesn't like drawers because drawers hide everything and yeah. everything needs to be like right out. And I kind of think that way about bins, you know, bins are good, but I, I think what I need to do is limit them to maybe two or three, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm bad with bins. You're talking about bins for like spare parts and stuff, right? I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about the little tiny, like, um, like I have a bunch of just like little catch all type things that are maybe like the size of a, you know, three by five card or whatever, you know? Oh, okay. So are you talking about like bins or you put like screws when you're working on something? I don't, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, you know, you've ever purchased a toolbox where they got all these little containers. They're all mm-hmm. almost like little cups. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're rectangular. You yeah. Know? Like the ones in our rigid cases, right? Like they, they yeah. came with this little orange bin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I have, I have like those all over the place. I have some from other toolboxes all over. I mean, I have drawers where I have the stuff labeled, you know, you know, servo extensions and old servos and stuff like that. Yeah. And that seems to work out okay for me. Yeah. But it's those little bins that like, uh, that's what clutters my workbench. Like I wind up having one after the other. You know, if I take an oxy apart, like I put stuff in there, but that usually goes back together. But then if right. I took something apart, like, 
I don't know, like this 500 I've been working on and it's a project that's laying around. Like I have a whole bin that just has those parts in it. Mm -hmm. And it's just like this stuff just lays around, like probably been like half a year or even a year since I got that thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm definitely got to organize that stuff. At least if, you know, if you have a, in a bin, maybe put the bin and the rest of the helicopter in a box and then put that aside. So when you want to go back to that, you pull out the whole box, then everything spread back out on your workspace. If you know you're like, oh, well, I can't do any more because I'm waiting for something, you can put it back in the box and, you know, put it aside. I guess I'm just getting at if you have something that's on that workbench, your work area that's cluttering it up and you see it, you know, start to realize what you're looking at. I mean, I have a couple of things that I should just get rid of that are on the back plane. You know, it's just, I'm never going to use them at all. And, but it's like, Oh, you know, that was from this guy. And I yeah. got that from that person. And so it's just like, I just got to get rid of it. Throw it out. Yeah. It's, it's very, throw it out. <laughs> it's very easy to get the hoarder mentality. It is. And oh, it's hobby. extremely easy. It's oh, yeah. so easy. Cause you're like, I might need that for another project. So you, then you put it in a bin and then a the bin sits there for years. And then, you know, when you're like, oh man, where's that thing that I needed? I can't find it. So you end up buying it again. Another one. Yeah. yeah. And then you go and then like a year later you go in a bin and you're like, oh, this is a servo lead or the Y connector I needed for that plane. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, I know. it's. And when you look through the drawers, it's like everything you don't need, but you could definitely use a drawer full of binding plugs or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I run out of, like I have tons of receivers. Where are all the binding plugs? It's like, yeah. I used to keep them in a drawer and I, now that drawer is empty. So I don't know. I must have lost like 50 of them easy. For me, binding plugs end up being regular plugs. I'm like, yeah. oh, I need to make extensions. Oh, I need a, I need an N. I need a J, whatever, the servo connector and JC, whatever it is. And I was like, oh, I'll just take this binding plug, take the wires out. Here you go. If if it's a battery that you know is bad and you've just been keeping it because you're like, I don't know what to do with it, you know, maybe it's the time to clean up and dispose of it properly with a nail gun and a garbage once the fire's out. <laughs> but uh, no, don't do that. I mean, you can, but, you know, it's on, it's on your, uh, <laughs> you know, beware. It's on your homeowner's insurance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I have boxes, you know, like uh, ammo case boxes and boxes of old batteries. Some, I have a box saying bad and puffy and, you know, I keep that kind of sitting out on the side. But I also have batteries that I know that were good at the time, but you know what? They've been sitting there freaking for two years probably now because I don't fly these planes anymore. So all the 2200s that I had, 3S packs that I had are like all just sitting there rotting away. Um, yeah, I think it's actually a really good time to check those batteries, you know, as far as their, their eternal resistance, their voltage level. You want to make sure if they're dipping below that storage voltage to you know, charge them back up if you want to keep them, you know, do some maintenance, maybe do a, a quick, you know, charge, discharge, and then balance uh, to maintenance mode or storage mode Yeah. settings, you know, just to kind of make sure everything is good with the batteries. Because the worst thing I think is you think the battery is good, you charge it up and it causes a fire or you charge it up and it doesn't cause a fire, but you put it in your plane and it sucks and you end up crashing your plane or your helicopter or something, you know? So, yeah. It's like, as you're saying, yeah, it's, I one of the things I always do now is I put the date 
when I purchase the battery on the battery itself. It's just a good indication on the longevity of the battery. So it's like, hey, I've had this battery for three years and I'm still using it. This is pretty awesome. You know, and also it's like, oh, I've had this battery for three years and it doesn't work well. I might as well get rid of it. You know, like it's, you don't feel as bad when you know how old the battery is compared to right. like, damn, I, is this the new one or is this the old one? But whatever right, it right. is. You, yeah. You know, you, you might be surprised at how old that battery is. Yes. You know, I know some of the Gen Aces you got are like yeah. four years old, you know, and it's like, easily. do they fly? I don't know. Do they work? They're probably five years old now, man. Yeah. I still use them. I mean, if you still use them and they still charge and hold a charge, that's fine. You know, I'm not saying get rid of those batteries. I'm just saying get rid of the batteries that aren't fine. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I did that with my two cells with the Beaver because I could tell, like, I had a couple of them that were going and I was like, yeah. you know what? I just need to place an order. I get the the cheaper ones from Hobby King. They work great for a couple of years and mm-hmm. they're really inexpensive. So yep. why not? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, definitely. So with with those, like, you know, I'll say it, the Turnergy batteries, they don't last too long. You know, they, they perform all right um, for the planes and stuff, but they don't last too long. So double check those batteries, get rid of them, properly dispose of them, too. Don't just chuck them in the garbage. Yes. All right. So that's kind of, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to add for spring cleanup? I feel like that's kind of all of it. Just a general rule of thumb, you know, springs here and yeah. Now is a great. I think you you know you said it's not a seller market, but I think springtime is a great time to buy and sell stuff and move move material. Mm-hmm. People are always looking for you know, hey, I'm I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to get this or whatever, and you might have what they're looking for. Exactly. Yeah. So put it up for sale. It's like anything else, you know, sell a boat springtime. Anything that's outdoor activity. Motorcycle. Motorcycle. Yeah. Convertible. You don't sell a convertible up here in the in the winter time. That's no. for sure. Yeah, you know, or you don't sell like a snowboard during the summertime. You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there are definitely, uh, um, you know, like you're saying for outdoor stuff. You know, there's, there's prime time to sell certain things. So it is. I would say, I would say winter to spring is the prime time because winter a lot of people are looking for projects. And and then spring is also they're looking for the next thing they want to fly or or build or fly you know so definitely yeah. cool. So what do you do for maintenance? So maintenance around this time of year. All right. So maintenance. Um, I feel that you know I might be biased here, but the helicopter side involves a little more maintenance than your airplane side or your quad side. Um, I feel like the quad and airplane sides, if it works, it works. You're pretty good. You know, maybe check like your uh, your servos, your electronics, your batteries, of course, you know. Uh, but get the dust off of that. Get the help. dust off, yeah, you know, and just kind of plug it in, make sure everything works. Um, anything that uses a rubber band or like for your props or your, for your to hold your wings on, right. just just replace those every year. I would say um, they're cheap enough to like, you know, regular O rings like you get at Home Depot for like a dollar for a box of ten or whatever or twenty. It's super cheap, so. Get those, you know, you get your your number seven rubber bands or whatever number they are for planes to hold the wings on. You know, a bag of them is a couple bucks. Just preventive maintenance. You rather it's better to have do you know rubber bands than have the dry rotted ones pop off on you while you fly. So, um, so I feel like on the plane side, there's not too much stuff unless you know you don't properly storage your stuff. Like if you don't properly store your planes i would say definitely check your servos your 
your control rods and things, make sure there's nothing like chipped or broken on them or stress cracked. But on the helicopter side, there's definitely maintenance you need to do and you should do. All the wear and tear stuff, bearings, dampeners, anything that's rubber or plastic, nitrils especially, um, your ball links, on, especially on nitrils, they get dirt and like grit in them. So they actually sand down as like they're over time. So you'll get a lot of play in your ball links. So, you know, double check those. Um, bearings, any notchiness you want to replace, any um, lateral play in the bearings you want to replace. Uh, thrust bearings, I would say after 150, 200 flights, you should definitely check them and throw them out and replace them. Um, I mean, I think you're, you're going to know if you had a great year like previously and you know, you flew that helicopter the whole season and you were, you know, you were doing a great job with it and having a good time with it and really didn't crash it. And even if you did like maybe have a minor crash or something, now's the time like, Hey, spring's coming. You know, it's been sitting all winter and break it out and spend like a hundred bucks. I mean, would you spend a hundred bucks on bearings? <laughs> I wish a little bit more than that. <laughs> yeah, why don't you triple or quadruple that number? Well, you know, just <laughs> when you think about buying helicopter yeah. parts because, you know, something yeah, yeah, vibrated so. loose or something, you might as well, you know, or, or just get the. Don't you don't have to get all of them? Just get the yeah. main shaft. Get, get you know. the get the main ones. Yeah, don't do what I did. I I bought every single bearing that you can buy for it. I ended up replacing all the bearings except for the tail um tail rotor bearings. And the reason why is I had the three bladed tail, so I didn't buy enough um uh, of those those bearings. The ra- not radial bearings, the thrust bearings because there's one more, and I didn't want right. to replace two out of the three. That just no, but. Um, but everything else I kind of replaced. And the, the reason why it's like, Hey, one of the things that I'd actually recommend is to go over your bearings before you buy them. Cause I spent a lot of money on bearings. I mean, I don't know the exact figure. Um, but it's in the hundreds and hundreds of dollars, not just a hundred, it's probably around two to $300, maybe, maybe over 300 something of bearings. And, you know, I bought all. Now, people are like, well, why don't you just buy a Boca bearing kit, which is like 100 bucks, or, you know, which you can do that. That works. I, I personally wanted to go with the OEM bearings, you know, for the, the helicopter, just so I knew everything fit and finish should be perfect. I don't need to worry about, like, oh, man, this bearing is supposed to be a, a, you know, inner diameter of six millimeter, and it's not. I don't want to deal with that. I want to make sure that they're, they're exact size. So I went with the SAB bearing. Um, now, what I did wrong is I just ordered all the bearings. I should have checked my bearings first, you know, which involves in downtime with the heli, and that's what I didn't want. That's why I, I ended up buying everything, just to have it on hand if I need it. And the reason I say take apart your heli and go over your bearings because I had, I don't know, probably about 160, 170 flights on that helicopter since I bought it. Never did any maintenance on it. I knew that the head dampeners definitely needed either shims Shimming or needed new dampeners, so I just got new dampeners. Not a big deal. It's ten bucks or twenty bucks, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bearings, every single bearing that I replace, there's nothing wrong with them. My head bearings were fine. My radio bearings, my thrust bearings in the head were fine. My all the bearings in the main transmission blocks, they were perfectly smooth. But I pressed them out and I put new bearings in anyways, just because I had them. 
and I'll keep the old ones as spares. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe my flying style isn't as you know. Maybe maybe you know what I think it is. I never crashed that helicopter. Knock on wood. I think a lot of the damage that we induce in in the, the bearings, like where they get notchiness, is when they hit when there's a crash. So they like so that you know the inner diameter, the inner race gets like jammed one way real quick. You know. Just yeah. put, real quick when the head hits the ground or the main shaft pushes on it, and that's what you, where you get the notchiness. That helicopter never hit the ground like that, and I, you know, everything was perfectly smooth. There was nowhere that I could have to- like seen, you know, like maybe if I had a, you know, professional tools, you know, one of those things where you can roll a bearing and see if it's like oblong or something, you know. Maybe I don't know. I, I couldn't tell. They were perfectly smooth. There no problems. I should have just kept them and kept the, the new ones as spares. But I figured I had it all apart. Let me just replace them anyways. And you know, so I did. I replaced all the bearings. And you know, like, do I notice the performance? I notice performance in the dampeners, but do I notice yeah. performance in the bearings? No, I don't. You know, so you know, in turn, did I waste some money? I probably did, but. You know, at least I have the reassurance that, like, ah, at least I know this season the bearings are all new. You know, 2018 is when I done it, so I know they're good. But I would recommend if you can afford like a week or two downtime with that helicopter to take it apart first, check the bearings that you need, make the list, and then order exactly what you need because bearings aren't cheap, especially if you buy them from the manufacturer, like from the OEM. You know, um. That you know, you could probably save yourself bucks. Like, hey, I don't, I don't need to change this bearing. Like, this bearing is perfectly fine. Why change it? Saves you ten bucks right there. You know, and it adds up quickly. Yeah, because the helicopters, you know, there's tons of bearings. There's like a hundred bearings. You know, and like eighty of them are different sizes. So, yep. Yeah. So it's yeah. Sometimes, um, you know, now my oxys, because especially the oxy three, because that thing takes a dirt nap every other weekend, um. Those bearings are definitely shot. I could feel it. I could feel it in just spinning the main shaft, like not even taking it apart. I could feel that the bearings are shot. Yeah, I'm over here shaking my head, dude, because I noticed in the 255, the smallest one I have, Mm -hmm. I noticed when I landed the first time after changing the bearings. I mean, I could, I really didn't feel anything was you know as I was flying, but yeah, I mean, it was seemed to auto rotate for days, like yeah. But I mean. Yeah, that was that was that that was just the three main bearings and and right, I could definitely tell a difference. Yeah, so you change your main you know main block bearings, and yeah, and you, if you think about it, anything that makes your your like your main disc rotate easier is less work on your electronics, right? So you're pulling yeah. less amps on the motor and the ESC to push through that that bearings notchiness. That maybe you don't notice it, especially with the oxy of the head speeds. You don't really notice any of this. Um, you know, maybe like wear or tear type of items, like if you have like loose dampeners or stuff, you don't really notice it as much, but you know, if you can feel it on the ground or on the bench, it's just replace it. It's, you know, what are, especially for the oxy. That's what, one thing I love about the oxy is the parts are ridiculously cheap. You have so many spares when you get them, you know, so Yep. So it's worth uh, spending the, the, you know, even like you're saying, maybe like, oh, I think on the oxy, if you were to replace every bearing, you talk and the dampeners and like the wear and tear stuff, you're probably talking about, you know, 80 bucks, maybe 100 bucks, you know, like 
That's, yeah. that's not too much to ask for for a helicopter that, you know, you've put in 200, 300 flights in, in a year. So And you're beating the crap out of it. Yeah, and you're treating it like you hate it, you know? Because you <laughs> so, just don't care. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, maintenance, you know, as far as that, uh, you know, and then also maintenance-wise, like, you know, if you don't, if you're, if you're the person that doesn't like to loop things up, um, you know, maybe, you know, maybe try to loop things up a couple of times a year. Um, you know, maybe after a certain amount of flights, if you want to do it by flight count. But yeah, you want to drop a couple of drops of tri-fluid on your main shaft and, you know, let it hit your swash ball and stuff like that. Or, or, you know, if you're, if you have like a synergy, right, they're awesome because you can inject, um, Bottles loop right into like the main grips, right? Right, hit you hit the thrust bearings right there, you know, and do that like every so often because that will doing that type of maintenance, like Scorpion motors and their you know bearing loops, that type of maintenance will give you a longer lifespan of that bearing or you know of or that piece that rubs right. Metal to metal is gonna rub and wear, so you know when when you got that and spinning, you know. Like say your your swash plate ball to your main shaft, you know your main shaft is spinning at the RPM of your head. So you're thinking, hey, you know I run two thousand RPMs for that three minute flight. It's running that, and that you know swash ball is rubbing against that main shaft like that. You know, so you want to add a couple of drops of lube to kind of ease that in. <laughs> Are we talking about helicopters here? Yes. I kind of yes. lost Trek. Yes. Right. I'm still talking about helicopters. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, you want to make sure like things, you know, like that, your, your tail pitch slider on your, um, your tail shaft, right? <laughs> this is all, I, I laughed at RCHN when they're talking about this stuff. I'm yeah. laughing now at myself talking about this, but yes, you want to use lube. You got to get these parts, you know, especially, on new helicopters, when you build a new helicopter, you gotta add lube when you know oil, whatever, on any parts that are like metal to metal, you know, rubbing and and turning and movement, right? You have to because Dry that has fluid. that has to mate, you know, it has to like kind of wear in together, and you know, if you're in a dusty, cl- dry climate somewhere like the Southwest or something, and you don't. You're going to wear the crap out of everything, and shit's going to start falling apart on you. Yeah. It's going to wear real fast. <clears throat> yep. So, I mean, maintenance-wise, you know, it's it's like any other maintenance you do on anything else that has wear and tear, right? That has moving parts, your car, you know, your motorcycle, anything. Your um, generator. Generator. Don't to change the yes, oil in your, your generator. generator. Yeah. We, I, we learned a very valuable lesson this weekend. About generators and changing the oil. Mm-hmm. Don't get upset when you spill it. <laughs> You're going to spill it sometimes. Yes, you might spill a little bit of motor oil. It happens. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> I spill gas every weekend. Yeah, yeah, I'm terrible with pouring gas. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the generator you use all year yeah. long, you know, do a little maintenance on that. And yes. I am the biggest hypocrite when it comes to that because I've haven't changed the oil in mine yet 
Yes, you know, like your charging case, right? You have your charging case, you know, say you have a, a DIY case um, you know, that you put fans in, like clean out the fans. You don't know, you've been yep. running that thing, you know, at the field on, on you know, dusty days or whatever. You probably have dust in, that got sucked into your, your power supplies and your fans and stuff. You know, give them a good spray. Give them a good dusting, you know. Yep. Get rid of that stuff. Let's see. So generators, your helicopters. Uh, your batteries, you know, do your maintenance, double check them, make sure they're all good. You know, just part of spring cleanup, I guess, too. Let's see. What else is there? Anything else? Well, one thing I would say that I'm going to try and do as soon as we get a nice day and I can get the shed opened is uh, just I want to take all, every model out and make sure I didn't leave a battery in it and that it's still like hopefully it's not still connected or anything. Uh, you know? boy. <laughs> I've Probably left, not. I have batteries in like <laughs> a lot of my planes. Yeah, I, I want to check and make sure that, you know, I didn't leave a battery in something and that it's okay, you know, or whatever. Yeah, they're not connected, but check I mean, it. I don't know if they were at storage charge or what or how long they've been there. You know, like I, I have mean, I mine have a, as well. Yeah. Mine might as well be outside because it's out in the elements, not in the elements, but it's outside in the freezing temperature, you know. Sure. Which I guess the freezing temperature is probably good for it, right? Good for light bulbs. I think they're, they actually. Um, degrade less in in freezing temperature, like the molecules move less or whatever. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's um, one of the tricks of storing light bulbs is you you leave it at storage charge and then you put them in the freezer. Yeah, I did that one year. Yeah, I couldn't be bothered. My my. Uh, well, you're using them every weekend. No, not even that. I was gonna say my uh, garage is a freezer during the winter time, so <laughs> yeah, it's freaking cold in there. Yeah, I mean that's really all the stuff I had. You know, as far as like your maintenance and your cleanup, you know, just just be ready, right? This is a new year. You know, you don't want to have excess baggage, like you know, worrying about like, oh, is this thing gonna fly right or is this thing gonna do okay? Like, do your maintenance, do your cleanup, do your checks. You know. Yeah, you want to be ready and you want to be safe about it. You want to have some fun, but you want to mostly be safe, and that's the one way to avoid some mechanical failures is to just do a little maintenance yeah. on stuff. Yeah, check your ball links because losing one ball link on a helicopter can be catastrophic and end up rekitting your heli. You know, like who wants to have to repair a helicopter because you lost a pitch link or you lost a one cyclic link, you know, like one three dollar part. <laughs> and who wants to drag that airplane to the field only to find out that you forgot that last year on your last flight, you bent the motor shaft or something, you know, or sure. yeah, a servo go on it. Sure. You check it all out, you know? Yeah, check it at home. Check it on the bench. Make sure you're good. Make sure if you do check things that have spinning props or blades or something that you take them off. <laughs> Don't, you know, unless you have like, you know, um, an Iron Man suit? No, no. I was going to say like a farm, <laughs> you know, you could just go outside and fly. <laughs> oh. You know, that's something. Yeah. You know, if you have that, that's cool. You know, if you have your own flying field, you know, across the street from your your new house or something like that. Sure. Go, go. You know, go take it for a test hover, you know, shake it out. But um, yeah, if you're like, I don't know, like me, who like 95% of the rest of us. Yeah. That, you know, basically I look around and I can see all my neighbors, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, no, just uh, do it in the bench, do it safely. Then, you know, when you're ready to go bring it to the field, at least you have that bit of assurance that, you know, it should go good. Yeah. I guess let's move it to news and announcements. Okay. News and announcements. 
All right. Or should I have said news? And announcements? Yeah, you never say announcements, so you, you have enough to talk about. I yeah. figured I'd give you a break there. <laughs> so, dude, the funniest thing, um, you guys, every, I mean, most people know that I, I'm a fan of heavy metal and stuff like that. And uh, our buddy Matt Tomaszewski, he sent me a, a message on mm-hmm. Facebook, and he yep. was like, so Bonded by Blood from Exodus just came on my playlist, and I thought my phone messed up and started playing another episode of the show. So I have to give him props because he is the first one to figure out that the beginning of the show when you hear the airplane going down is a mix of the two Bonded by Blunt songs that have the airplane going down. And I say two because they originally did Exodus' first album or one of their early albums was Bonded by Blood and they had an airplane sound going down and, and that singer passed away. Um, and they, they re-recorded that entire album uh with another guy and uh they redid the airplane going down and i mixed the two together uh, the very first podcast and we've been using it ever since so yeah they can come after me if they want no it's like it comes under that 59 second law or rule that like you can use uh any other person's content for podcasting as long as it's under like a minute or something yeah i have i have a an issue with Gary Holt anyways from Exodus because we went to see a show uh, locally here years ago and he was hitting on my sister and it was pretty funny. So, <laughs> really? so, so, I would have so you get a buy then. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. And I also saw on Facebook that our buddy from Australia, Mark Ritchie, uh-huh. who purchased the 3D printer yes. after we were talking about it. Yes. He finally got that thing up and running. He's got some video. Mm-hmm. Uh, so way to go, Mark. Nice. Yeah, where do you go? Let's see what he prints, man. I wonder if he's going to do a plane. Probably not. I don't know if he flies planes, but I'm sure he's going to he's going to do some uh other stuff. You cool. know. Yeah, well, that's awesome though. Awesome, man. Uh also I noticed this is just, it's not really like a news and announcement per se, but <laughs> there's an interesting post on the RC Heli Hangouts forum about Bob Heister calling out Michael Shaggy Parker in the drag race. And then, okay. you know, later on in the conversation, Joe Reyes basically calls out podcast hosts <laughs> matching up, you know, the podcast hosts. So me versus Mike DiPaolo, Monty versus you, uh, Michael Shaggy Parker versus Walt. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, Monty would kick my ass, maybe. In a drag race? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, and we're talking about Spring Fling, right? Yeah, so this is that. During the spring fling, uh, fun fly in Fredericksburg, Virginia. So, which I have some sad news. I will not be able to make that. Oh, I will be boy. in Florida. Yeah. Well, my daughter's getting married next year, and that weekend happens to fall on her uh, engagement party. So, yeah, I guess you got to be there for that, huh? Since a lot of money is changing hands, yeah, I think I should be there. Yeah. Um. I didn't think I was going to have the time to take off. And that's why I said I'd be able to, you know, shoot down to Virginia for the weekend. Yeah. But my wife had scheduled a surgery that she's not doing this year. So, so I freed up a couple of days. So that's, that's where I'm getting the time from. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you'll be missed, you know. Yeah, man. I'm kind of bummed that I'm going to miss it. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. Cool. We'll see what else I can make because I'm not making this one. Yeah. Urcha. Um, so 
Yeah. <laughs> so Monty, if you want to race, I guess uh, I'll sub in for Kevin, and you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how my race with DePaula goes <laughs> if we do this, <laughs> because you know what. Uh, the only helicopter I would race is my Oxy Three. I, I I didn't. I wouldn't race anything else. I don't know. I will sponsor you, Steve, in your <laughs> race against Monty. <laughs> so I mean, I wouldn't put up any of my bigger helis, and you know, the Oxys. Yeah, yeah. Because anything else is seven hundred size. No, I wouldn't do that. So, so anything else for news announcements? Well, I saw on a Horizon Hobbies that Horizon Hobby is having a Horizon Hobby RC Fest. A fun fly, really? Yeah, nice. I just caught my eye. Yeah, um, do they do it last year or the years before, or is it just brand new? Like, you know, I don't know. I don't remember ever seeing this on their yeah, website. Yeah, I don't remember hearing about it either. But I, you know, there might have been news about it just in here. They have, um, they have. They're going to have it at Eli Field in Monticello, Illinois, uh, mm-hmm. June first through the third. Nice. And we're not being uh, sponsored or anything to say anything or promote their fun fly. I just saw yeah, it. And, uh, it promotes a hobby. It's okay. Yeah, it says they're going to have some, uh, you know, demo type things where like FPV race ride along and activities for the kids. And since they're everything in the hobby is not just planes and helicopters or quads. I mean, they're going to have rock crawler challenge and, you know, RC buggies mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Fireworks and camping. And it seems like it's going to be a good time. You know, nice. all the way around. I'm actually glad they're doing something like this because yeah. this promotes everything that has to do with RC. Yes, it promotes the hobby alone. Like you know, just the RC hobby. Like it's not just isolated to one specific you know blend of it, like helicopters or quads or planes or just flight in general, right? Because you, like you're saying, there's. I'm sure they're gonna have some you know some cool off-road courses, on-road courses, maybe some drift tracks, you know, like I have probably an assortment of ground stuff for, for people to, you know, participate in and, and show off and, you know, have fun in. So, yeah. And if you ain't into any of that stuff and just want to see a monster truck, the Dodge Raminator is going to be there all weekend. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so go see the big Dodge. There you go. Dodge Raminator. <laughs> You know what I noticed today driving around my neighborhood? There's a lot of Dodge Ram trucks in my neighborhood. More than any other brand. More than Silverados and and uh, Tundras and anything else. I've seen so many. Like, just one after another, after another, after another. I think because they were the cheapest of the big three. Yeah. full-size trucks. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, if that's it, then let's move on to what's next for you in the hobby. What's next for you, man? So I'm going to bring this up. I should have brought this up earlier and what I've been up to. But, you know, I, I it's kind of weird. You know, you wonder why these local hobby shops started closing down and stuff. And it sucks, right? All these local yeah. hobby shops that closed down it sucks because now you're like, you know, it's a hobby dying. You know, people are buying online only and they're not, you know, supporting local hobby shops. I went today to a local hobby shop and I'm not going to mention names, but you know which one. I'm, I sent you a picture. You know which one I'm talking about. And I go there and, you know, with the sole purpose of buying another Blade helicopter, which I know I'm going to regret, but you know what? I don't care. I just wanted to buy something new and play with it. (laughs) So, you know, I bought the Nano CPX a little while ago and, you know, it flies, but there's so many bad tendencies. It kind of made me a better hoverer because I was able to react faster to like all the drifting that this thing did. 
right. you know, and the tail's just not holding for crap or any of this stuff. So I was like, whatever. But, you know, it's just, it's too twitchy and doesn't really, like, I can't fly it in my backyard because every time I, like, go inverted, it just bogs and falls to the ground. So it's just like, ah, whatever. Um, I'll buy something a little bit bigger, maybe or a little bit more um, power, right? So we all have our horror stories with the Blade 130X. And, you know, Blade has come out with a new version called the 130S. And the 130S uses a, a motor in the tail. So that whole, like, torque tube or torque rod or whatever it was, you know, and those gears, that headache was all gone. So I was figuring, yeah, shoot, 169, you know, buy and fly basic. I buy a battery or two, you know, probably be about the 200 mark. I I can I can do that. So I Is went, that a 1S size? Uh, no. 3S, 300 milliamp. Oh wow! So you know it's 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 a one thirty size, so it's a little bit smaller than the Oxy twos, and I'll just figure why not get it, play around with the backyard if I hate it. You know the most I'm investing in is two hundred bucks. It's yeah, you know it's not the end of the world. So I go there and oh cool, they have one in stock. Awesome! First of all, the guy opens at twelve. I'm there at eleven fifty nine, and I'm like, all right, I'll just wait a couple minutes. Twelve. 1205, 1210, 1215. Where the hell is this guy? 1220. Okay. And I'm like, damn, I got to meet up with my wife for lunch. So, like, if he doesn't come in the next couple of minutes, I'm out. He he ends up pulling in, you know, opens the door all nice and slow. Takes like 30 years to, you know, turn on the lights and come up to the front door and, you know, flip the open side. And, and so, you know, I'm there and some other guys waiting. So we, we both go in. You know, this guy was looking for some ground stuff, batteries, nitro f- for his gas engine, whatever. So he goes first because he knows exactly what he wants. I'm walking around, taking a look at what he has. And I, 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 I noticed that he has one blade, um, 130S in stock. I'm like, awesome. I'm going to pick this up today. I'm going to go to the field with my Oxy4. I'm going to fly both of these things. I look at the price and I'm like, 219 Oh, oh, no, no, no. Okay, he has the right price. Oh, no, 199 That seems kind of steep. Right. So I'm like, I look it up. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, didn't you say it was like 160 something? Yeah, 169 So I'm like, let me go to horizonhobby.com. Let me double check. Yeah, one sixty nine ninety nine. So I'm like, hey, you know, can you match the price that Horizon Hobby sells this for? <laughs> and he's like, no. And I'm like, oh. Okay. He's like, I could order you another one and sell it to you for one sixty nine ninety nine, but I can't sell this one for one sixty nine ninety nine because I paid more for it. And I'm thinking, Okay. Sure. I mean I understand, like, you know, he Bobby bought it when it first came out and the price was two nineteen. So whatever his you know whatever his dealer price was, you know, maybe it was higher than one sixty nine ninety nine. Maybe it was, maybe it isn't. I don't think it is. I have I have access to dealer accounts. I don't have access to Horizon Hobbies dealer accounts, but I have access to other, you know. Yes, so you know percentage-wise. Percentage-wise, what, what it would be. And it would probably be like 150 But, you know, that's too that's too little of a profit margin for him to sell it at, at 169 So, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, no worries. He's like, well, I can order it. And I'm like, yeah, I can order it too. You know, you're, you're not, you're not, you're not doing me any favor. You know, and I didn't say it like that, but I basically said, you know, I could order it and get it before Friday. I could get it for Friday too. He was like, because I, you know, I could get it in by Friday. I'm like, no, I, I kind of wanted it now. And if I can't get it now, then I'll just, you know, it's no worries. I'll just, you know, go. So I walked out of the place and, you know, 
I'm thinking in my head. He said he can order me one and sell it for one sixty nine ninety nine. Why wouldn't he just sell me that one for one sixty nine ninety nine and order another one and sell it for one ninety nine? And you know, like his profit would be exactly the same because he'll get some idiot that comes in there not knowing anything and be like, "Oh, that's a cool heli. Let me buy it," not knowing the price or anything, right? Like maybe not price checking. I would have easily bought that and like two to three battery packs for like 10 20 bucks whatever their batteries go for so he could have easily made you know maybe 50 100 dollars whatever in sit and profit right instantly like it would have taken him longer to grab the helicopter and the batteries for me to take out my credit card and buy it right there on the spot but instead he was like no i don't want to sell to you for that price because i'm not making enough money so what's the point and you know to me like that's a really bad way of running a hobby shop and you know or any retail store because yeah. now you just turned away a paying customer that would have supported your hobby shop more instead like I'll just go online and buy it because I can do that <laughs> any one of us can go online and buy anything we want without the hobby shops you know and really can we actually do that yes. can we go online and buy stuff yes yes i don't know if Damn. you got the memo so, you know, double check, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't understand that. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to rant any more than that, but yeah. I mean, I understand him, what exactly what you said, that when it first came out, it was probably cost him a little bit more money, but don't you take that into consideration as a, as a business owner that, I mean, that's the risk you took when you bought it first thing. And mm-hmm. if somebody's interested in it now and it's sat on your shelf for a year, Mm-hmm. Why not sell it to the guy, or right. or just come back and say one seventy five, you know, or right. something like that, right? Maybe you know? if he said one seventy five, like five bucks more, shoot, I don't have to worry about waiting a couple of days or maybe shipping costs or whatever. Sure, I would have paid that easily in a heartbeat. Yeah, but that the problem is, is that you know he he basically made a judgment call that you know it's not worth to sell to someone on the spot if he's not making enough profit. And to me, like if he sold that to me or to anyone, right. At at a reason, like as the price that they can get it, like, I mean, I would definitely be like, Oh shoot, I broke a landing skid. Let me go see if this guy has it because I know his hobby shop. It's right down the street. He carried, I bought the helicopter from him. I would go and, you know, yeah. Pay the same price I'd pay for a landing gear online and at a store, like things like that. Parts, Prices don't really get reduced too much. I mean, that's why I go to our local guy at Kenville mm-hmm. all the time because he has the exact same prices as Horizon, and I can get it right then and there. Like, yeah. and I like supporting him in a way. Right, like he's pretty cool with his prices. Yeah, and you know, I pay the exact same price for a receiver. I mean, I don't buy crazy amounts of stuff there, but if I need a receiver or like a little JST or balsa, he still has balsa and carbon fiber yeah. like little things. And and. Yeah. You I'm know? always over there buying something. And yeah, and I go to Kenville all the time. And when I do go there, I don't just buy one or two things that I was looking for. I end up buying a handful of other crap because yeah. I just kind of like, oh, well, you know, I made a trip out here, even though it's only 15 minutes away. You know, it's like, I made a trip out here. Let me get this. Oh, let me get some spray paint. Oh, let me get some, you know, right. wire, 10 gauge wire. Let me get a connector too. Like, I'll start stacking up my order. And same thing would have happened with this guy at this store. And you know the store I'm talking about, but he has tons yeah. of shit. It's it's. It looks like I think you mentioned it or you said it. It looks like he, he like it's like you know delivery day every day for him. 
because he has so much crap in boxes Looks everywhere. Like, like they just came in with the hand truck and they just set it down in the middle of the store every time I go in there. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I haven't been in there in years. Oh, it's, it's exactly the same. Uh, every, it's, it's, it's probably worse. He's a hoarder in the worst way. Yeah. You know, um, and, and it's just, it sucks because like I would have bought the helicopter. I would have supported his business. I would have gone back. Now yeah. it's like, that's the whole thing. Repeat customers. Yeah. And now like in my head, it's like, why do I go there? He's probably either not going to have it or his price not going to be the same as online. So I might as well just buy it online and wait. Yeah. I think the f- last time I was in his store was when I put the 450 fly bar heli together and that was 2012. Mm-hmm. 2000 that was probably the last time i was in his store yeah and he has lots of stuff and what he doesn't understand and i wish he listened to our show so he can learn this um from us is that like i wanted to buy a new transmitter for my ground stuff right so i'll right. get a spectrum dx5r i would have spent 100 200 bucks for that i would have bought that from him there's like what else is there there's some RC cars that I'm like, I want to kind of get into rock crawling. So, like, I would have bought one from him. He had he had tons of it. I would have bought it, you know. But now, because he, the way he treated this one sale, in my opinion, was not of a businessman or one someone who wants to support the hobby, that I won't support him anymore. Yeah. So. And that's how it goes when you're a consumer, man. Yes. You have every right. Yes. You know. And that's, I would try. I would try Kenville too. I mean, I know he's got uh, a couple of transmitters up top there. Yeah. And even even his DX5 that you know has got to be old that's still sitting up there is still the same price that you could get on Horizon Hobby. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't. It wouldn't be like the listless price, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I you know, I try. I, I thought about going to Kenville, but I know he doesn't have helicopters. Like, no, doesn't sell them, and then. I don't. I don't want to have to wait. It's like if I have to wait, I'd rather buy myself and use the firm, or you know, make it like payments or something. Just, just you know, I don't know, or just, I don't know. I just, I feel like if I have to order my, if you have to order it, I'd rather just order myself so it's delivered to my house. I don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that. That to me shouldn't even come out of a a a store owner's mouth anymore. Like I can order it for you. That's completely ridiculous. Yeah. Why even say that? Right. So like you said, shit, I can order it. Yep. So what I'm going to do is, you know, I'm going to give another hobby shop the same chance. <laughs> uh, you know, there's there's hobby shops out there, like there's some of them. I know Trains and Lanes out in Eastern PA, they have uh, they have some helicopters and some airplanes and stuff. I'm going to see if they have it. If they have it, I'll go and buy it as long as it's the, the same price as online. So and nice. I don't mind driving an hour away to, to go to a hobby shop. I don't mind the drive. Like I know there's one in Jackson that's kind of closing down. I want to actually hit up. So maybe one of these weekends, if you're free, we should go hit up this hobby shop. Yeah. Um. Well, like you said, dude, you know, you're going to go in there for one thing. Like I go into Kenville knowing I got to get a receiver mm-hmm. and it's like $49 or whatever it is, you know, or $39. And I wind up spending at least another thirty to forty dollars on other stuff. Yeah, at least while you're there. Yeah, you're like, oh, let me get this, you know, control link or music wire. You know, like I don't know about stuff. you, but if I go there for something that's like two ninety nine, I kind of like want to buy other stuff just because I came here to buy something, and yeah. I don't want to walk out like I'd rather spend instead of spending two ninety nine. I'd be like, yeah, I'd rather get some other shit while I'm here. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. You feel weird buying something. 
yeah, for two ninety nine. A couple spent bucks, the whole, right? Yeah. Oh, no, so I don't know. Oh well, this guy just you know he lost it. Yeah. Anyways, what's next for me besides complaining about old guys at hobby shops? Yeah, holy cow, man! You've complained this episode more than me. I think that's the first. Have I? Oh boy. I yeah. And that's considerable amount because I I've heard through the grapevine that I do a lot of complaining, <laughs> and that's one thing I like to complain about the grapevine itself. Yeah, seriously, what the hell is this grapevine, anyways? No, uh, <laughs> go ahead, man. I'm only kidding. <laughs> no, uh, so let's see. Uh, we're gonna fly Saturday, right? I already yeah. I already swung it by the wife, and she's like, "Oh, you know, I guess I'll take the kids and go shopping and blah blah." I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, we can go on Sunday. I'm flying Saturday. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be almost 80. Yeah. Saturday. Yeah. That's why we're planning on yeah, it. Yeah. So it must be like 79 uh, degrees. And um, yeah. Yeah. I just think, uh, yeah, Saturday's going to be the day. Sunday, I think it's supposed to be like colder and rain or something or snow or something again. I don't know. No. Something bad. I mean, it's not going to be as nice. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be cooler with showers possible, 57 degrees. I will be flying my helicopters, fixing my Oxy-4. Um, going to go back out with my, you know, my goblin trio, not double, I guess. Twinsies, I guess, whatever you call it. Twinsies. <laughs> oh, talking about twinsies. Now I know I'm old. <laughs> or, Or... I don't know what's what's one for three triplets, I guess. Um, I, tripsies, tripsies. I got my, <laughs> I got my, uh, I guess proofs for the canopy order that I put oh, in. Oh right, right. Yeah. So one thing I wanted them to ask is, uh, I mean, add is to put my my names on them. Um, originally they didn't, I didn't specify that, so I wanted to put that. But I have. I have a couple of pictures of the canopy and oh my god they're, they're freaking radioactive they really are <laughs> nice. like nice. Not, not so much the oxy canopies they're kind of you know I mean it's easy to tell they're like the red eyes there's a little bit I mean I can't tell they're orange I keep on telling them I want them in bright orange I'm going to text you this right now. I know you you don't like to really text while you're doing a podcast but you have to see this and I need to get your opinion. No, because I like to stay focused. I know. Focus on this, though. Look at your text message. It's not going to burn my phone, is it? No. Oh, my God, dude. So so the Oxy ones, are, they look red. They don't look orange to me. So the Oxy 2, 3, and 4, all the same canopy design. Um, So it's like a triplet, triplees or whatever. But look at the freaking Black Thunder, Black Nitro canopy. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry for the listeners. I can't see what we're looking at. Um. Once, now, is this a render or is this an no, actual No, this is picture? the actual picture of the canopy. Dude, that thing's like glowing itself. Yeah, like, like off the white, like off the like the sheet it's on. It's freaking reflecting, glowing, like orange. It's so radioactive. You're going to have to put like a blanket over that thing at night. You won't be able to get any sleep. Yeah, seriously. But the green and the, and the orange, the orange, it's really big. It really pops. Yeah, that's going to look awesome, dude. So it's very similar to my um, what was that the the Goblin three eighty canopy? Remember yeah. that? Yep. But that was on a three eighty size. This is on two seven hundred. So it's a lot of orange. It's a lot of real estate on there. So yeah, I want them to put my name on it. I I haven't. I'm gonna also ask them to put free forestry on it. Cool. 
You know, or no, actually, I'm going to leave that off. I'll, I'll leave that off. Oh. I don't know. I, I was thinking about putting it on, but it's just, I don't know. Like on the Black Thunder and Black Nitro Canopy, there's plenty of room, but the Oxys are kind of small. So I don't know how that's going to fit. Uh, you know what? I'll suggest it and see what they come back with if they can add that. So yeah, I think those two canopies, uh, the Black Nitro, my twinsies, <laughs> it's going to be, uh, it's gonna be. That's gonna be crazy. It's gonna bro. be crazy. It's gonna be bright. It's gonna definitely stand out. It's gonna be like, you know, it's it's yeah. It's gonna be all of that. So cool. Is there anything else? No, just fly. Fix the oxy four. Oh, I did put the uh, those new blades that you got me on the um, oxy two. Oxy two, yeah. It looks weird. Silver blades look weird. Looks weird. Yeah, it looks weird. Have you flown them yet? No, I haven't flown them, but I just did it today with the orange landing skids, and I put those blades on it. But it looks weird. Like they're literally orange. They're just, they're, I mean, silver. Like the whole thing's silver. No. I've been doing a little research on the logo six ninety, and I might try some VTX blades on that thing. Yeah, go for it. The six nine. What do they make? Six ninety sevens. Six ninety sevens. If you want, also let me. I, I have a brand new set of Switch uh, 693s I want you to try. Oh, right, right. Because yeah. I think that compared to Zeals, they add a lot more pop and a lot more um, cyclic um, authority or reaction or rates. You know, like it'll just flip over a lot quicker and easier. So, But yeah, the VTX okay. are wonderful blades too. So definitely if nice. you want to give them a try. What were you reading? Like just people loving it on that heli or just um you know i was looking at what guys have on there yeah i was reading like forum posts on what guys are using and what they like what guys are selling stuff with and mm-hmm. that kind of thing and i know the vtx make good blades that make things a little more floaty yeah it definitely makes it floaty it definitely adds um to it but yeah i mean definitely try them they're I, you know, if you want, I I fly switch and I bought so many blades. I have a whole slew of blades if you want to test. I have 697 VTX, brand new. I also have a brand new set of 693s you can try for switch blades. So I could bring both those out and you can go back to back flights with them and see, you know, in your opinion, what you like, you know, or how they feel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just remind me on Saturday. I'll bring them out. Just, uh, All right. just got to remind me. So I pack them in the car. Okay. Maybe you'll do a blade review. Remember when I did mine with the the Goblin 700? I did one with, uh, what, what did I test? Zeals? You had four different kinds. You started off with, um, you went from like small to to like the 710s, I think, or something on there. You yeah. Went, you went, and you, um, I remember you bogging the motor. I had the SAB 690s, the, the silver ones, not the the newer blades, not the Thunderbolt blades. Um, and then I think I did Zeal 710s, which are ended up being my favorite because of the floatiness and the sheer disc loading. Uh, but I did the VLS Zeals. Those are the ones that bogged my motor. Yeah. Yeah. And through the timing, and I, I think I had to, did I auto it? Or just, yeah, I think so. And then wasn't there one more? Cyclones, maybe? Yeah, maybe Cyclones. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could bring you a set of Cyclones. Uh, you have the Zeal, so Cyclones, VTX, and Switch. And I think those would be a great test to do. 
flip between those four. Okay. That'd be cool. Well, all right. So what's next for you then? Test yeah, dude. Place? Just going to go f- <laughs> do some flying, man. On yeah. Saturday, I want to get Mikey's RC biplane ready to go, dude. I can't wait to fly that stupid thing. I know, man. That thing- it's been something I've been waiting to fly for like four years. <laughs> I mean, technically, it did fly, just, you know, free flight. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I said, okay, maiden's over. Yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, definitely. I want to I wanna see that thing fly. Because that thing looks freaking weird. It does, yeah. Having like that, that, that airfoil on the bottom wing is crazy big. It's like all wing. Yeah. And then, and then a flat wing on top and having all four, you know, ailerons. And then like the rudder, like I feel like the rudder would do nothing on that plane just because it's so small and up top. But, yeah. but I'm curious, you know? Who knows? And then yeah. see what it sounds like being the proper slot. Um, yep. So, yeah. So, I'm curious to see. So, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely. See what it, see what it does, man. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I get some stuff in, man. I'm waiting on a couple of orders now. Different parts for different things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, hopefully you'll get all that stuff in. I'm, I, am, I, too, am waiting for parts from... Uh, you know, overseas for Oxy and then, you know, my BK order for some switch blades for the Oxy. So cool. Cool. All right. Let's uh, wrap it up then. All right. Let's wrap it up. All right. So Facebook likes, we are at 600. Nope. Sorry. 761, uh, likes this week, uh, past two weeks is a plus three. And nice. here are the names. Cue the music. We have Greg Markley. Kyle Gaines and Scott Messick. Very nice. Very nice job. Cool. All right. I'm reading those. Okay. Facebook comments. Facebook comments, dude. Due to our lack of helicopter banter last week, um, Michael Lud- Ludke? Ludke, I don't yeah. Mm-hmm. Pronounce his last name. Yeah, Ludke. He said, Good show, guys. Nice change of pace. Makes me want to fly. Try some of the planks you guys were talking about. And I wrote, thanks, Mike. And then Ed Johnson wrote, Steve, help, help, help. You go on vacation and the show turned into a plank fest. <laughs> <laughs> Still a job well done by Kevin and Fred. So thanks, Ed. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Oh, <laughs> guys are cracking me up. Yeah, yeah. Did you see anything else on Facebook? You know, these. Uh, I need like an intern. <laughs> People like stuff and comment, but um, I mean, there's just so much stuff. It's just oh, kind of hard to. What I wanted to mention, I has nothing to do with RC. Is our buddy Chris Breams went down to Florida? Yes, and he reminded me of you, dude. He was at every Florida, dude. Every Florida, like uh, amusement park and and you know sightseeing place. Yeah, so he went down you to, can imagine. to Orlando, and he met up. I mean, he was there with his his daughter, and they went to. Did they just go to Disney? I think they went to Disney World and Universal, because it seemed like they they were doing everything. They freaking went to Disney World. They yeah. went to Universal. They went to Sea World. I think they went to the one in uh, the the Bush Gardens in Tampa. Also, wow, wow, okay, like, yeah, like, they did they it up. Were all like I know when I go to the, these places, man, we're walking like eight miles a day and mm-hmm. two days of that, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, you know, I'm done, right? <laughs> I, I need one of those freaking 
hover rounds or whatever they call them. Segways. You know, the, the segway. You know, yeah. the, or yeah. rascal, rascal scooters. The rascals. <laughs> yeah, I need a rascal scooter, dude. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah he, they were killing it. I was oh, like, yeah. I don't know. It has nothing to do with RC. But then, to tie it into RC, you mm-hmm. were probably going to say this. Yep. Uh, he wound up at Torchy's Field for the helicopter. Uh, the spring bash. They were having there or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Met up with Gina Tucker and did a whole bunch of pictures with her. Gina. Uh, yeah, man. Nice. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Yeah, he even recorded some video of her getting a couple flights in. Mm-hmm. And also, Frank was there. Frank Mordeos. Yep. Yep. You saw his video of Bobby Watts on the, on the nitro tuning. I don't even have to say Frank's last name anymore. You say Frank in this hobby and everybody knows who you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Sure. Yeah, I did see that video. Yeah, it's funny because it's like, he was like, yeah, so, you know, go over how to tune a nitro. And he's like, I think in the caption or something, he's like, but Frank's Halley's already tuned. <laughs> it's running good. <laughs> he's like, I wouldn't change anything. Leave it there. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Uh, we did get a post from Kyle Gaines. Kyle Gaines, sorry. Okay. Um, and he posted um, on our page, can someone point me into the direction of an outrunner motor mount that would work with this arrow shaft that he has? Oh, right. And, uh, yeah, I think um, Dave was helping him out, right? Yeah, Dave was helping him out. And I think you were like, do you have access to a 3D printer? <laughs> or you could zip tie a FT motor mount maybe to it. Um, but then, yeah, Dave came out and saying there's a uh, that uses like a make a wood donut mount for your uh, motor. And, you know, you could use it uh, quarter inch or half inch thick poplar, you know, at Home Depot. So. So I think he's going to try to go that route and give it out a shot. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you can't 3D print something, which I that's probably what I would go with. Just, you know, and if, yeah. if he had an idea of a design or had the design, like, you know, where I, I, you know, I don't have like development time <laughs> to develop stuff. But if there was something like I could just download the Thingiverse or RC Groups or something and print it out and send it to him, I would totally do that. So. Kyle, if you're listening to this and you know of plans, let me know because I could take the plans or the STL files, what what the 3D printer can recognize, and I could print that out for you and, and send it. I don't mind. Um, it's just that I don't have time to actually like make the mount and uh, set the holes up and all you know all that stuff. I don't. I don't. That'll take too long. So, in case the listeners are wondering what we're talking about, it's basically an arrow fuselage with mm-hmm. wings on it, right? Yep. Kind of like a glider, but then he wants to mount a motor to it. Yes. So he wants a motor mount to it, so you'd have to basically take something that's, uh, you know, a round rod end and basically right. put a square bracket on it to mount a, you know, a four-point, you know, yeah. motor mount on it. So. Yep. So, yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. Website comments. I think the website looks pretty good. That's my comment. Yeah, what's the feedback? I want I want people to give me feedback on the website. It's freefallrcpodcast.show, S-H-O-W, or freefallrcpodcast.com. Uh, I finally got that domain name transferred over uh, from GoDaddy, so that will now point you to the new domain. But yeah, I nice. want to. I want to get people's opinion. Um, I still have a quite a bit of uh, work ahead of me to get more content loaded on there and updated. But if you go to our episode page, uh, that's where most of the work is is involved. Is I'm 
uh, embedding every single episode from every year into the year page. So if you go to a 2016 page or say the 2015 page, you'll see like the, I think we had three episodes in 2015 when we first started in December. Um, and those episodes will be there. And then you go to 2016, you see all of 2016. And I did up to, I think, midway on 2017 or at least the beginning part of 2017. Um, and then, and then I'm, I got us do 2018. Um, but the current episode pages is there. Also, I've added the, um, latest episode to the homepage embedded right in the first part. So I, I, I'm hoping that, you know, for folks that don't like going to Podbeam or don't use iTunes uh, to stream, that if they wanted to just go to the website, they could stream it directly from there and not have to download it and wait or this or that, you know? You can stream it right from the embedding. So so there's no excuse to miss it. Yeah, there's no excuse not to listen to us. <laughs> Fred. Um, as far as, like, the content, um, one of the new things I like, I, that I like uh, that I did is we I, we added a news and announcement page, which is a blog page. So actually, you know, when you go to news and announcements, um, you're gonna see posts there that I've posted, and it's it's in a blog format. So um, you click on the link, it'll kind of give you the the post of the day or posts of that. You know, when I posted it, and it'll be like a previous or next post you can go through, and any type of like. Uh, big news I want to announce, uh, you know, that we want to announce to the public, we can put here, like, I have the, you know, that we're planning the, the third annual Free Forestry Podcast HeliFest, so I kind of put information there, but the event is look is available on RC Flight Deck, so I just need to do some more work with the banner and stuff, uh, the flyer, sorry, and then I'll get that added as a section on the main homepage, but for now, I just put it as a blog post, and and I'll be giving Kevin and Fred um, access to this too, so they can add their own blog posts of things that they want to share. Oh so. no, not Fred! <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta laugh. I mean, yes, I know, I know. What am it's I right. thinking, right? No. What are you thinking? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's funny when Fred, when I first gave Fred my my phone number to so he could text me. He said to me, uh, you're going to regret that you gave me that phone number. And I think the last week he regretted giving me his phone number because <laughs> I was texting him constantly. Yeah. Nice. Like, he was like, oh, I've had enough. But um, yeah, yeah, let me know. Um, on the, the webpage, too, there is a contact us uh, submission form. So you can submit your form and it will go to our email address um, at freeforest at gmail. So, Kevin, you should see those. It'll come in kind of like how GoDaddy came in. Yeah. So you'll see some of it. And I think I've already seen spam, so I've kind of been ignoring. <laughs> spam. Spam. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, website or slash email comments. Do we have anything there? I do see one here. What do you say? I, I don't see anything. Uh, I see one from Scott who asks, uh, can you guys recommend a Blade BNF product that would be a good starting place for a scale heli? Like for something that already has electronics, so, you know, the build mostly uh, be about the clothing and area, well, we'll sort it heli. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're looking to, I, I mean, I'm guessing he's talking about retrofitting a Blade product into an R, you know, like a scale fuselage, right? Um, correct correct us if you're if that's not what you meant scott but um to that aspect i would say any 450 size 
like a Blade 360 CFX, uh, not the Trio. I mean, I guess if you want to go with the Tri-Bladed head, um, that should fit in most 450 fuselages. Um, to be safe, I would go with Chris Reibert's method and do the Flying Egg, the MD500, because that's going to be your, mer- your most versatile fuselage to put anything in. So, so that's an option. Uh, I don't know about tuning that, though, because of it being uh, the AS3X system and how Blade or Horizon Hobbies, they kind of lock down the majority of tunability. Like They'll give you some options you can do with the transmitter and some options you could do um, within the programming of your transmitter, like your tail gains and, and you know, like your... Um, pitch curves and throttle curves and stuff like that. But if you wanted to like reduce your cyclic gain, something like that, there are, I believe, transmitter like settings. You can kind of hold your sticks, thing like your outer two, and it'll go into programming mode. And then you got to like look at some lights and beeps and figure out the code that's Morse code, you know, binary, um, <laughs> a way of, of knowing where you're at. Sure, that might work. Um, you know, Blade does also have a line of scale helis, you know, small ones, right? You got your your Red Bull CB103 or whatever it's called. The um, That's based off the 130X, which I probably wouldn't recommend. Um, they also have an Apache, right? And a Blackhawk. Yeah, I've seen the Blackhawk. Yeah, I, I've seen the Blackhawk. Maybe not the Apache. Maybe that's a, that might be a Fly Zone or another company, but... Yeah, I know definitely the Blackhawks. So, you know, it might be good to start with one of those if you like, because there's already in a fuse and already programmed and set up for scale. And, you know, and it should be like basically you follow manual and then you're up and flying. But if you wanted to put something in it in a, in a scale, I would say your 360 CFX is probably your best bet in an MD500 fuse. I just, I don't think it would, that, Airframe would fit in a lot of like Warbird type of, you know, helicopters or even like an Augusta, you know, Augusta 109 or, you know, any of the Bells. I might not fit in any of those. You know, you, you'd have to really experiment and buy and try to really know. But uh, as far as, you know, the easiest one would be those two. Um, Blade doesn't really make anything bigger than a 360 right now. All right. Yeah. yeah, they don't. I mean, maybe if you buy an old used Blade 500 3D, you know, which or 500, I don't know if they call it X or what. It, yeah, no, I think it was just a 3D. That was a fly barless one, right? Which wasn't a fly barless one, which is a fly barred one. Um, I mean, even fly bar though, like you know, that of you know, Blade 500 fly bar would fit in most T Rex style you know, 500 size fuselages too. Uh, they're very similar in design and layout. So so that could be an option, but you are now f- trying to find an older used helicopter. So there might be other additional uh, problems with that, <laughs> you know? So if you want something simple, bind and fly and easy, I'd say start with the 360 CFX or maybe if you find a Blade 450X, because that would be a 325 millimeter blade. The boom length should be the same. It should fit. Um, the 360 CFX should have a longer boom, so it might stick out a little further than your fuselage. But usually with the tail fin and the horizontal fin that goes on top, like makes it look okay either way, even if it's a little bit longer. So 
Yeah, I guess uh, I start with that. If also, you know, hit up Chris Reibert. He's he's the uh, he's the no you know he's he, that's the guy that really that knows a lot about the scale stuff so he can definitely help you out too. Yep. All right. Do we have anything else? Uh, Podbean. Yeah. So let's move it on to people. Podbean. Podbean people. Uh. Well, Mike Welch and RC Element liked episode one eighteen. Kyle Stacy. Kyle Stacy. Kyle Stacy. And RC Element liked episode 117, Scale Up with Chris Reibert. And we had a bunch of people start following us. Colin KD, Robert NX12, Jan Okiola Media, Oh My Fandom, Choose Your Names 2019, (laughs) Yuzumi Labazi started following us, James Gunner. Yeah, he's always following us. Um and Richmond uh, 0203 started following us. Nice. So thanks, guys. And I know we thanks, got some, uh, we got some uh, comments on. I, we have comments on, on Podbean, but it never tells me who commented. Um, so I wish I could, like, read these. Um, one of them was the eight, episode 85, uh, Back to School with Todd Bennett. Um, somebody commented, absolutely loved this episode. So, um, we got to figure out how we can, it says view and manage all your comments in the Podbean app, but, uh, I got to figure out how to do all that. Yeah. We'll I am. Figure that one out. Yeah. I'm not sure. We'll definitely have to yeah, figure this out. Yeah. So thanks guys. Thanks. Uh, everybody who's been following us and commented. Yes. Thanks. Thanks again. Keep on, keep on commenting, keep on liking us. I like seeing that stuff. Gives Kevin something to talk about. Yeah, besides Bill. <laughs> <laughs> you had to throw one in, huh? Had to throw one in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, iTunes review. There are no new iTunes reviews. And you, you read this one from March 9th, right? Rookie in 17960? I did. Okay. Yeah, it's the only one I see here. Okay, cool. Drop us an iTunes review, and we'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at freefallrc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash freefallrcpodcast. Uh, check out our webpage, freefallrcpodcast.show. Nice. Say hi to Chris. Hi, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Steve. Uh, Uh, flight test forums off the field audio and video production other than flight test podcast that's where you messed up last week Uh, free forestry podcast sitting next to the FT community cat hey petrol Mike thanks Steve (laughs) for reminding me yes and thanks Hilda Flyer thanks Dave yes thank you Dave yes rchelihangouts.com forum under rchelihangouts main section podcast corner free for rc podcast sitting next to our friends the rc heli hooligans podcast hey walt ned and the full pitch podcast javier and jimmy nice is telerotor on there too or no oh i don't know yeah if they are i want to mention them but well you can ask monty after you destroy him in that drag race dude (laughs) sure if he's on there (laughs) <laughs> all right uh well we'll check for next week my uh internet is being all tied up by the skype conversation right now so nice thanks to our listeners free your skies and we'll see you next time thanks thanks see ya
<laughs> Thanks for coming back. How do you say see you in French? I have no idea. <laughs> you dirty Americans, get out of here. That's not it. La Puma um, is on the La Fedora. What? Hold on a second. See you. Goodbye. This is one app that I downloaded. How do I get this to work? What is it? Sign language? Oh, yeah. A bientôt. Au revoir. Au revoir. A bientôt. Au revoir. You know one thing I learned about the French language? It sucks. <laughs> They like to shorten everything. They don't like to pronounce any consonants at the end. So Paris is not Paris. It's Paris. Um, like. <laughs> yeah, like it's like everything's like spoken like, I don't know. It has like a weird, um, you have to do like a weird trick with your mouth. Like a toi to like say words. It's weird. Like Charles A. <laughs> I was like, what the hell are they talking about? It's like wiping your ass with silk. Au revoir. Au revoir. How about. <laughs> no more no gray goose kettle one what, what is she saying pastel geese kettle no gray goose kettle one nice <laughs> damn I do talk a lot because it's two, two hours and 29 minutes you guys were an hour last week <laughs> yeah and then you add, then you add, add, add delay delay, delay. Pinch, 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 Ford Focus GT, please. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't have any Ford Focuses because Focus spelled backwards is suck off. <laughs> so we don't stock them. <laughs> How about a Ford Escort GT? We might have one That of those. That was my first car. Escort GT. Wow. I don't even want to tell you what my first car was. Um, From the... 1920s? <laughs> You're probably from the 1920s. <laughs>